Before we get started on this week's episode, I just want to say a few words about what's going on in the wider world. It occurs to me that as long as this podcast is reaching an amount of people greater than zero, it would be pretty cowardly of me not to say anything at all with regards to the anti-racism protests and the Black Lives Matter movement. I hope I speak for the vast majority of Blades fans in condemning racism and inequality, but I also know that it's at best a majority and not a totality, and that there are still those with frankly awful views when it comes to race. Black Lives Matter and this moment in time is emphasising just how frequently sections of society, its people and its structures, has decided for awful reasons that that shouldn't be the case. Football is in many ways a microcosm of our society, and while improvements have been made over the years, racial inequality is still a huge problem in the game. It's not enough to be a silent majority, or to say that you don't see colour. To do so is to ignore the fact that a problem exists, and it's a big one. So I didn't want to let this moment pass without speaking up and reiterating that for what it's worth, this podcast completely condemns racism in all forms and that we stand with all of those fighting systemic racism, oppression and inequality and trying to bring about a fairer society. Thank you for listening. Now let's start the podcast. Hello and welcome to Bladespod. It is Wednesday, 10th of June. My name is Ben and I am joined, as always, by Andrew. How are you, mate? I'm good. I'm really good. How are you? I'm good as well. In one week's time, Sheffield mm. United will be playing a game of football against Aston Villa. That, If you can't be excited about that, then what, yep. what are we doing recording a football podcast about <laughs> Sheffield United, I suppose? Um, it's more exciting than pre-season, I think. Do you think so? Why is that? Just uh... I just think because I think probably because we're going into it with the, knowing that we, nothing horrifically bad can happen to us. Mm. That's 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 where you clip it, and then something like we get deducted <laughs> ten points or something like that. But <laughs> uh, but yeah, but you know what I mean. Because like we're already sort of we're pretty well. We are safe. I, you know we are. So mm. um, it, it sort of feels like there's not as much pressure as normally a preseason where you're not quite sure how things are going to work out and. You know, worst case scenario, we lose every game. We might finish fifth from bottom, which before the season started would have been, you know, snatch your hand off it. Yeah, yeah, definitely. That that is a good point, actually. Yeah, that this. I think you get, you know, you always have that like, oh, new season excitement. But at the same time, I think increasingly there's like, we have to get the first win. When are we going to get the first win? And then you yeah, don't, yeah, yeah, if you yeah. don't win the first game, it's like, okay, where where is that first win coming from? And. Well, this is the before the Premiership season. I were nervous. I were excited and nervous because you never know how we're going to react. Obviously, you don't know how you're thinking. Are we going to be out of his depth? You know, these players haven't played here before. All that sort of stuff. We now know that they've. You know, and it, it's almost in a way. If things do go wrong after this break, it's a. It's. It's. We've, it's. I don't know. I don't know how to really sort of articulate this, but it's sort of. It's. A, it's almost like a mini sort of season in itself so if things aren't going wrong and players aren't stepping up again like on the second time it's almost like a new season mm. it gives us a bit of you know a bit of leeway to, to sort of change things around and stuff mm, i see what you're saying yeah so it's almost like we would get the warning signs now rather, mm, rather that's than it, yeah uh you know if you believe in second season syndrome we'd well this is it because obviously that's what everyone's thrown at us next season they'll be found out well this is sort of next season in a way it's obviously the same season but the break and everything yeah nobody can say we're carrying on with momentum because we've not done anything for two months <laughs> so we'll see you know if there might be certain players we will come on to one of them later in john lundstrom whose form obviously dipped off big time before the break 
is he going to get back to his, you know, his as he was earlier in the season, or is he was that just a bit of a flu? We'll, we'll obviously see. Mm, indeed, yes. Well, you you very uh, very adeptly sort of introduced the sort of theme of this podcast, which is basically Premier League refresher lesson. I think this is like a for all those yeah. people out there, and I think I'm one of them. Just hasn't looked at a league table in a long time, apart from like to check the odd fact about where we are or something like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll, this is we're going to go through uh, the top of the Premier League, the bottom of the Premier League. Uh, some it, it's basically going to be things to watch out for in the remainder of the season. So it's going to be race for the Champions League, the relegation picture, uh, some things to do with home advantage, some more specific things that are more specific to United John Lundstrom being one of them as you touched on there um, and yeah we're going to go through it all and hopefully by the end of it I, will, I you and anyone listening will have a clearer memory of where things stand before uh, before it all kicks off again yeah um, yeah I think a few things just uh, just before we get into it uh, I, I did this was great this was on a totally football show so you know um, France like cancelled league on like one of the, mm. they, were, they were one of the first leagues to do it i for, completely forgot about that until a couple of days ago actually and, and i saw something i thought oh yeah they cancelled didn't they I forgot and now basically every other league is resuming yeah <laughs> <laughs> germany's obviously been back the gun at, at first i mean I th- I, psg are miles at top aren't they yeah. so nothing really sort of weird in that sense of you know but yeah if you're mm. in that league and you're chasing the champions league spot or relegation or whatever you look at it, everyone else restarting. You be like, "Hang on." You say this. There was uh, there was a, a tremendous theory uh, put forward by uh, one of the guests on uh, on Totally Football, which is that um, Emmanuel Macron, the um, the PM okay. of France, is uh, he apparently was the one who made the decision, like the ultimate decision of uh, no sport, basically in France. Uh, he is a Marseille fan. Marseille. <laughs> Currently sitting second, which would put them in the Champions League I know where this is going. <laughs> for the first time in, I think it's six seasons. Yeah. And, you know, now that they were like, uh, I think it was like no sport at all in France till September. And now this like they're talking about like being able to play games uh, as in non-professionally in July, potentially. And obviously, yeah, as, uh, as we said, uh, Germany's resumed, uh, Poland's resumed, Portugal's resumed. We pick yeah. up in a week. Syria is not far behind. Yeah, looks. Uh, Scotland look... stopped as well, didn't it? Actually. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, they did. They completely cancelled. I imagine that's more to do with money reasons, though, because mm. you, you know with the, with the size of the clubs and stuff. It's. I don't want to be disrespectful to Scottish football, but I'm going to be. <laughs> <laughs> Some of the clubs in the Premier League are uh, sort of League One sort of size. I'd, I'd, I'd argue. Yeah, I think that's yeah. I think that's pretty fair to be honest. Um... What was it? Oh yeah, uh, one one other thing. So uh, the Austrian league, I think it's the Austrian Bundesliga. This had completely escaped my notice, but I'll put it to you now. So when their season paused, uh, a team called Lask L A S K were uh, were mm. top of the league, and when it resumes or resumed, they were no longer top of the league. Do you know why that was? No, hit me with this. Lask were caught training during the uh, enforced break, during the pandemic, in groups, and they have been deducted points. This get- is why I worry about United. We all know United <laughs> like that edge, so I'm there saying nothing can go wrong. This is where we get 30 points on top, it turns out we've been training all the yeah, way. Yeah, yeah. Apparently there is some, uh, there's video evidence. Uh, I think it's possibly like uh, a hidden camera thing that somebody's installed. And uh, yeah, it's basically caught the last team training together. But they also are it. <laughs> <laughs> 
could well be. So they've been deducted points, and uh, yeah, they're off the top of the league. That's harsh, but fair, I suppose. Gaining yeah, a competitive yeah. advantage there, I guess. Um, I like that mentality, or the winning mentality. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. A uh, couple of other quick things with United. Um, we mentioned last week that Mo Besic looked like he was on his way back to Everton, but he appears to be still here. And um, something in the the Athletic said they uh, it was just a th- sort of a, a single line in a bigger piece, but said that they expected his contract, to, his, his loan contract, to be extended. There didn't seem like there was any issues there, so. Yeah, I'm not sure what's uh, what's happened there reporting-wise. I think it remains to be seen, I suppose. But mm. I think the deadline for extending those is this week, maybe? I'm pretty sure it is. It's got to be before the yeah, season. Yeah, I, thought, I mean, I think we'll know more, obviously, by the, you know, by the time the first game comes around. So, mm. um, I, yeah, I, do, I said last week I think it'd be quite strange to lose him just mm. purely because of the amount of games in such a short period. Yeah, yeah. And uh, the other, I guess the other thing that we didn't mention last week that... Um, uh, I wasn't aware of at that point is that not only are you allowed to make more substitutes, but sorry, more substitutions, but you can name a bigger bench. Yeah, so nine, nine, it, yeah. nine, yeah, exactly. Which, which again makes it even less logical to let someone go who is obviously featured in the first team. So that said, the, the lone players have come back, haven't they? As well, the, you know, only, you know, like Tyler mm. Smith and Norrington Davis. I mean, you know, you, you'd put Bessage above those two, obviously, just purely on experience at the top flight, but. Yeah, I think we're going to have enough players. You know, I mean, you don't really want to be playing Tyler Smith in a in a game to get in the Champions League. No offense to him, but it's obviously not proven at anything above League One level. But, but I think we've got enough players to get by for these next nine games, ten games, or whatever it's going to be. Yeah, interesting to see how that one unfolds. Um, another thing is that it sounds like there will be crowd noise at games, at least as an option on mm. TV, not actually in the stadium. Uh, have you watched any any games that have uh, artificial crowd noise? I've not watched any artificial noise. I've just watched the. I mean, the, the preseason games or whatever you want to call them. You know, Man United have played a few clips in Newcastle. It's going to take me a while to get used to that. I'm going to have to admit. I think the first couple of games I'm going to watch without any crowd noise, just to see. I don't know, just to see you know what the difference is. And I, I heard an interview with Oliver Norwood where he was saying um, he, he's not sure how the players are going to react to no noise. He says it's, mm. it's okay saying, yeah, we're going to be up for it, but they do spur you on and they do, you know, that, that sort of environment is what you're used to. And I think it's going to be the same for the fans. I imagine the first game against Villa for me when I'm watching, probably for the first half an hour, it's going to seem a little bit like a pre-season match. And it's going to be interesting from my point of view how I'm going to react to certain mm. things, you know. Because it, obviously it's, it's one thing watching the Bundesliga or teams you don't support, but when it's your team, it's completely different. Yeah. Well, you see, I feel like I've done my pre-season on, uh, <laughs> yeah. on watching games without crowds. Having, I mean, I, I, watched, uh, I watched a Polish game the other evening. That's how, that's how desperate mm. for football I was. Well, I um, it. Oh, and I, I, yeah, I was watching Benfica as well, which is why I bring up crowd noise, because... I'd sort of started watching this game midway through and didn't realise that they had crowd noise until uh, until it was kind of commented on by the commentator. I just in my head, I was just like, "This is normal," you know. You could hear this like low level fan chanting, and it probably yeah. helps maybe because it's in a different language. I do not speak Portuguese, so you know, maybe just that low background level meant it felt more natural. But it also um, they also had like the crowd booing the referee when a decision went against Benfica. Oh, like, I love that! That's everyone's amazing. whistling, yeah. So. We'll see how that goes. Um, one. Well, that's what he said. No, no one actually says in his interview. He said it's going to be strange where a referee makes a decision and the players are crowding around him, sort of thing. And mm. there's no noise, <laughs> no <laughs> booing, and no one backing you up or anything. So you'll be able to hear what all the players are saying. So they better be uh, better be polite. 
Yeah, it's going to be interesting, that, isn't it? Yeah. This is where our points deduction comes in. I should have never have said this at the beginning of this podcast <laughs> affair, that we're going to be up. Excessive <laughs> swearing. Yeah, exactly, the, yeah. Think of the children. Um, one final bit of news. Uh, the season ticket announcement uh, and mm. refunds. Did you see this? Yeah, I did, yeah. Excellent, I think, this. Yeah, I think so as well. I mean, I, you know, I saw a few, a few people saying, like, well, I don't see what else they could have done in terms of, like... Well, Newcastle's not... Refund, refunded anyone yet as far as I know and I think Sunderland I, I don't know if they've walked it back but they were jacking up the season ticket prices for next season <laughs> so yeah, yeah. Um, but this is great I mean yeah I get uh, you know you, you can get the refund if you want it or you can contribute it towards next season um, and that's obviously prorated based on how many games we'll be able to get to mm. um, yeah it's, it's great I, 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 I just want to mention it just because um, I think this was like I think this is kind of pitched as the likely to be the first uh, test in inverted commas of um, the prince as sole owner. I guess you know, kind of a new owner. Like, is this? Are we going to see a uh, a shift towards more expensive ticketing or, or that kind of thing? So, you know, I, I get that it is quite easy. Uh, I don't know. Maybe it's the easy thing to do is to just be like, "There's a pandemic. We're just freezing prices." You know, mm. loads of people are. Um, their financial situation has completely changed due to conditions completely out of their hands. So I think it is, on one hand, it is like an easy thing to do, but at the same time, I think it should still be acknowledged that it is a very good thing to do also. Yeah. yeah. And as you talk about Sunderland hiking the prices up, we're still not sure if crowds are going to be back. Who's going to, you know, take that plunge, especially Sunderland in League One after another poor season. Yeah, indeed. So yeah, I thought that was, uh, that was good to see, Uh, you know, I can get my FA Cup ticket refunded and, uh, yeah, reserve my seat for next year, I suppose, assuming uh, assuming we get back to any games. Hopefully we will. You never know. Yeah, yeah, I hope so, yeah. Right, let us talk about the state of the Premier League then and uh, refresh ourselves on uh, on where it was. Um, where would you like to start? We have uh, several things to look out for. Start with the top, obviously. If, you, if you're going outside of United, obviously, I think we all agree that Liverpool's going to win it, don't we? Yes, indeed. Uh, they Liverpool are twenty five points. Good. So this is one of my uh, yeah things to watch out for, and one of them is is Liverpool clinching the league. As you say, it's it's mm. almost certainly gonna. Well, it's not almost certainly. It is certainly gonna happen. Um, the twenty five points clear with thirty available, uh, which means that two wins would do it. And actually, they could actually be champions in their first game if um, if Man City lose to Arsenal on that yep, uh, on yeah. that Wednesday. I mean, the good thing for Liverpool in this sense is they're going to obviously with all the games being staggered, they're going to know they're going to go into a game knowing that if they win this game, they're going to be champions. If you know what I mean, mm, yeah, it's not going to be like waiting for other scores elsewhere. And if they lose later on tonight and all this sort of stuff, it's likely they're going to win it by their own means. Yeah, I'd have thought so. Uh, their first game. Do you know who they play in their first game, Liverpool? I do, and I forgot Everton. Everton, that's it. Of course, it is. Yeah. <laughs> So uh, obviously there won't be 30,000 Evertonians there to see Liverpool win the league for the first time Mm. in uh, 30 years, whatever it is. But um, yeah, that would be symbolically quite a good one. Uh, I think if they, I think it's also possible if they drop points that they would win it against uh, Man City a couple of weeks yeah. later as well which would be yeah. quite I wonder ask you actually because I, I talked to a friend yesterday about this and we were asking him like it obviously Rotherham and Coventry got promoted yesterday uh, mm. in League One obviously you'd take promotion by any means how would you feel if that was being sort of decided like that if, if for instance in Wilder's season in League One where we got 100 points say nine games before that the season got cancelled and that's how we went up 
would you have been absolutely fine with that or would you be like a tinge of disappointment or I think a tinge of disappointment. I mean, it's, it's hard to know, really, without being yeah. in that situation. I do think there'd be a tinge of disappointment. The same way, if if this season had finished on, uh, even you know, even though I think points per game would have bumped us up to fifth, wouldn't it, or, or thereabouts, or yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, or certainly would have cemented us in like sixth place. Obviously, that would have been amazing, but there would still be a little bit of me that was like, oh, I kind of wanted to see that played out on sporting merit, if you like. I know points yeah. per game has some sporting merit to it, although. Uh, you could argue that unweighted points per game has has been used in League One yeah, so too. Pete Pre United might disagree. With it. Yeah, <laughs> they've, they've been uh, they've been stiffed pretty badly, to be honest. Um, so yeah, a slight are, yeah. a slight disappointment. I, I'm, I'm glad I'm glad for Liverpool that they're gonna that the season is gonna finish all being well in terms of they are going to play 38 games and at the end of 38 yeah. games they will be the best team. Um, you know, I'm sure there'll be there'll be plenty of cynics that uh, you know say, oh, you've got an asterisk next to that one, whatever, but. Yeah. There's, there's, I mean, if you're a Liverpool fan, there's, there's no doubt they are by far the best team this season. Yeah, I mean. and no one, no one ever says this next phrase, but I do feel a bit sorry for Liverpool fans that, um, <laughs> that they, obviously they've been waiting for this for ages. They've had so much stick from Man United and all that sort of stuff, and they've not won it for so long. Mm. And the, the year they finally do do it, and it's not going to be quite the same in terms. Obviously, the celebrations, they're not going to have an open top bus or anything like that. Leeds United are probably going to be similar. You know, they've mm. been waiting years to come up and. It's it's tinged with that sort of thing, but there's no other option, is there? Yeah, I think you'd. I'm just trying to put United in uh, in these shoes, I suppose. Like you said, the League One thing's a good example. I I definitely I would be disappointed to miss out on the celebration. I know, obviously, winning the Premier League is uh, a slightly bigger achievement than winning League One, I guess. But although you know, relative to the two teams, perhaps not at that stage. Um, but yeah, I'm sure I'm sure they will have a a, a huge celebration when. When things get back to normal, wherever whenever that will be. So, yeah, but yeah. And just on that subject, sorry, I mean a lot of tangents flying around here, but I've heard a lot of our fans, and I think I spoke to you this about this private like that, saying, "Oh, it has to be this season, doesn't it?" Where you know the the pandemic strikes and United are having the best season. Just think it would if it were this time next season, last season, and we wouldn't have been promoted. Mm, if it had stayed, you know, if it had gone for points per game, we'd have been in an absolute state of. I mean, and, and the run we went on after last year, who knows where. You know, if that momentum had been broken up, so I actually think it's the best time for us to, if anything like this is going to happen purely from a football point of view, being in the Premier League, knowing that you're safe for next season, knowing mm. that you can bank on the TV money and everything for next season, I think this is the perfect time for this to happen. I'd rather be in our position than get anybody else in the division below. Yeah, I mean, I think if you, if you throw it back 12 months, I think we were probably third, weren't we? Mm. This is what I'm saying, yeah, yeah, we were third, um, and. If obviously we still don't know if the season's definitely going to end, so there's always that chance that mm. we're never going to get that season finished. We we obviously was on Leeds all last the, the end of last season, second, third, second, third. You know, it was just changing all the time. So it just goes to show that there's going to be teams there if it doesn't get finished. League One's a good example of this. Mm. So this is why I think Peterborough and you likes so, you know uh, even Sunderland and Portsmouth are quite unhappy because that nine games is a lot. It's 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 harsh to say that oh no that's it you know but as I yeah, said yeah. I don't really know what else they could have done. Yeah, there was uh, I can't remember who it was, but somebody doing like um like a, a projection thing of where a team was likely to finish, and it was like this is before so what once League One had paused, and I think it was I think Rotherham had a forty three percent chance of promotion, Peterborough had a forty two percent chance of promotion. Rotherham have gone up automatically and Peterborough have been bounced out of the playoffs like through you know yeah. no fault of their own because they had that game in hand essentially yeah. Um, yeah just a bit bizarre so yeah I agree with you that it's 
if it was ever going to happen, this is not by no means the worst time for it to no. happen to us, I guess. Um, all right, ne- next, let's talk about the, the race for the Champions League then. the I suppose this actually, for a neutral observer, this is probably... This and relegation is the yeah. main things to watch out for because, yeah, the title is completely, completely sorted. Um, so, and this obviously pertains to United. We, in, lest you forget, we sit very nicely in uh, in seventh place, one win away from fifth. We're two points off fifth at the moment, and we win our game in hand, and we shoot up to forty six and sit outright in fifth, which is. A ridiculous place to be in. It really, this, is, yeah. it really is, yeah, for sure. And um, you know, the Europa League uh, might be a bit of a, I don't know, a bit of a meaningless one in terms of we probably won't be able to travel to many games if any yeah, at all. Yeah, we don't gonna... know where we're going to stand and stuff in that. <sighs> yeah, I know. This is the thing. I, I actually think Wolves for me, are maybe not favourites to get in that, that fifth spot if Man City. You know, obviously not getting the Champions League spot if Man City get, don't get away with it. Purely because obviously they had a lot of games, didn't they? Now they've had a break, they could come mm. back raring to go again because obviously they're still in the Europa League as well. As far as I know, that's not got any date set, has it? I don't think. No, no, that's that's completely paused. Yeah, I've, I've... they can concentrate now. Obviously, they were fighting on two fronts, weren't they, with the Euro, Europa League and then obviously the Premier League as well. Yeah, I think Wolves have got a real. Because I really, really, really rate Wolves. Mm. Uh, definitely, certainly as much as I rate Manchester United. I think they're going to be the ones who are. are if I had to pick one now, I'd probably pick them to finish fifth. Mm, I, I do like Wolves for sure. Uh, let, let's do it team by team. Let's go. Um, mm. Yeah, let's work our way down. So, I mean, one thing you, you touched on there is, of course, uh, Man City's UEFA ban. Yeah. The appeal for that is being heard this week, but there'll be no announcement on it till August, I believe, is what yeah. I read. So, that's frustrating. Um, it really is. I, I, I wish that could be celebrate, done. Celebrate, can you? You know, if you finish fifth, you're like, you just wait until August for this announcement from an, a, a boardroom to let you know whether you're in the Champions League or not. Yeah, yeah, indeed. Um, so, I mean, the, the answer is to finish fourth, basically. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Go for it. <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's, it's annoying. I mean, I get that's the process. It's not like they've, I don't think they've deliberately gone, you know, we, we need to wait until August to make this decision. But yeah. it would have been good, I think, to have that now. I think it'd be, do you know what? I think it would have been good for the Premier League as a product for sure. Undoubtedly. Just to have that can you imagine that last you know, last games of the season? There's not let's say the three teams have already been relegated and you've only got the Champions League thing. It's gonna be a bit of a a damp squib, well, isn't they it? They might like, have so. something to play for. Yeah, they might get in the Champions League, they might not, you know, it's not the, quite the same, but you know, it's just one of those things, isn't it? Yeah, so aim for fourth, basically. Right, let's right off Man City and Liverpool in terms of the top two, obviously yep. we're we're parking those, not paying attention to those. So that means there's two spots to chase for the Champions League. Three if City's appeal is rejected. Um, obviously, say the best thing is finish fourth. So starting with Leicester, um, I've got the bookies odds for all of these teams to finish okay. in, in the top four. Leicester are huge favourites. They are uh, a one to six favourite because they are eight points clear of fifth as it stands. Um uh, for my money, comfortably the third best team this season. Obviously, they're yep. in third, but they, you know, they, they they don't feel like they've fluked their way up to there. Um, so I, yeah, I, I'd be really, really shocked if they didn't finish in the top four. Do you agree with yeah, that? Yeah, I think they're in. Yeah, I think they, they had a bit of a dodgy spell, didn't they, before this break? I'm just looking at the form now. Like they won two, lost two, drew two. So it's just a you know mid-table sort of. But they've got enough points, and I think. There's going to be some crazy results, I think, when we come back as well. And I think that'll help the teams who have already got the points on the board. Yeah, I think... You know, it's going to be sort of that... 
you are going to get we've seen in the Bundesliga out with the home sort of form and stuff like that it's sort of gone out of the window I think Leicester will be fine I think they've got enough points on the board to, to get over the line easily their running is pretty decent up to the last three games which is us Spurs and Man United but you know by that point they probably will be secure in four in the top four anyway so yeah yeah I think I like you I think they will just get enough points in the next um, five games or so and yeah be uh, be pretty pretty safe there um next was Chelsea they are eight to 13 to make top four um I feel like this is a team that will perhaps benefit from the extra subs and the extra substitutes <clears> just just with the size of their squad, definitely, I think. Definitely, so that's what I've written down here. Yeah, exactly that. I think they've got a really good squad, obviously, compared to the compared to us and Wolves, uh, for instance. Uh, just obviously more depth, been there and done it. And I think this sort of, I actually think as well, the lack of crowds might help teams like Chelsea and Arsenal and, and teams like that because there's not yeah. as much pressure. Yeah, that's fair. So they, yeah, they sit uh, sitting fourth at the moment, forty-eight points. So they're three points ahead of. Man United, uh, five ahead of us, which will become two if we beat Villa. Um, I didn't notice they're running. They play very few mid-table teams. Almost mm. every team they play is going to have something to play for. Yeah, um, oh, yeah. Yeah, so they play Villa, West Ham and Norwich. All right, Norwich will probably be down, I guess. But uh, then Leicester, this is not in order. This is just uh, me picking the teams. Uh, they also play Leicester, Man City, us, Liverpool and Wolves. Um, I think they probably have the hardest end to the season unless mm. Liverpool have like basically taken their foot off the gas. So, yeah. you know, they're, they're odds-on favourites to finish in the top four, but I mm, I could see them not doing it, to be honest. I, I certainly wouldn't. I, I think I'd probably take the other side of it, you know, in terms of pick the field over Chelsea. I just I haven't been hugely impressed with them this season. I don't no, think... I just think with the lack of pressure uh, with the own fans and stuff, and I think with the the amount of squad they've got, squad depth, I think they'll do it. I think they'll get the fourth. I think I think the top four will finish as it is actually. Mm, yeah, to be fair, that is order uh, as well, same order. Yeah, that was uh, that is exactly as I predicted it for the Observer the other day when they asked for my. Uh, predictions for the rest of the season. It's but, easy yeah. to say that because you're looking at the table and they're the ones with the points on the ball. But I just think there's a lot of things going in Chelsea's advantage compared to other teams. Mm. Yeah, yeah, maybe I'm maybe I'm getting romantic and wanting somebody to <laughs> nip in there and letting that cloud my judgment a little bit based on the prediction I already made. Mm. Uh, Man United are next. They're fifth place, three points behind Chelsea as it stands. Uh, they have a lovely run of games after they've played us. Have you seen this? Yeah, I have, yeah. yeah. Norwich, Brighton, Bournemouth, just basically everyone at the bottom, innit? <laughs> yeah, yeah. They In consecutive games after they play us, Norwich, Brighton, Bournemouth, Villa, Southampton, Palace, West Ham. That is delightful. If you're a Man United fan, you are <laughs> really rubbing is. your hands. And I think that is why I wonder if Chelsea will fit there. I mean, they could very feasibly win six or seven games in a row. Um, the thing is, the Man United before the break could have lost to any of those teams, though. Man U is such a weird team this season. Mm. Um, I, Man United's mm. game against us, a 3-3, sums up Man United's season, in my opinion. Mm. So, rubbish for the most part, but then can just turn it on. And, you know, and, and they've, you've obviously got three goals or whatever. I think that's that sums up Man United this season. Yeah, it's, it's, it's strange because every... As you say, every time I've seen them, pretty much, they've looked rubbish. Like, I've just been... Mm. So unimpressed with them, but all the uh, all the advanced metrics have them as a top team. They're they're fourth on expected points, expected goals, third for xG again. So they have the third best uh, defense. Um, yeah, it's they're they're a strange team. They they seem 
weirdly more of a Mourinho team now than than they did before in a way in terms mm-hmm. of just like they're just grinding out results without looking very good but yeah you've got to fancy they, they take care of that runner team so you could easily see them getting like how many games they got left nine games they could get 20 points out of those nine yeah. games I think yeah, yeah. Um, which would pr- I think that would give them a really good chance of finishing in the, in the top four I mean yeah this is why I mean we've talked. Obviously, it's fantastic to be involved in the Champions League talk and stuff, and and it's it's amazing. For instance, that you were on that show, you know, talking, you know, with Tottenham and Man United fans. It's it's, yeah. it's a bit mental, really, isn't it? So, mm-hmm. but I think to actually get in the Champions League, it's going to take a lot of strange things to happen that you would not expect. Yeah, and then you know, Man, you were in fifth at the moment, so uh, we haven't got to United yet, but it it will be a great effort for us to finish mm. in the top five, I think. I mean, obviously, it will yeah. be. <laughs> what a stupid thing well, to yeah, say. But, yeah. I mean, to know. be honest, top, top ten would be incredible still. I, I still <laughs> believe that that's a fantastic return. Yes, quite. Uh, the next one, uh, there's a bit of a drop-off here in, uh, in in Bucky's odds. So, Wolves are 8-1. to one. Uh, I think I think that's a great point you said earlier about um, it might benefit from that rest and, and with the Europa League being paused as well. Uh yeah. Manu, Manu, similar because they were uh, deep into the yeah. Europa League, but um, Manu were rotating their team a bit more. This is it. Wolves were playing the same team week mm-hmm. in, week out, and they had that sort of run for a little bit where after European games they never won. I think they, they did get rid of that hoodoo, but you know they, they did go through a period of that. Yeah, I think Wolves. Are, yeah, I think Wolves personally are going to be the main challengers for that top four or five. I think I, I, this sounds really negative for me, but I'm going to be. I've just got to be completely honest. I think those six. Are going to finish the top six in some order. Mm, I, yeah, I, I think that's probably. I hope I'm wrong. I've been thing. I've been massively wrong about many things before. So <laughs> <laughs> that's not you know. <laughs> I'm just saying, wolves uh, wolves fixtures are pretty nice, aren't they? Yeah, 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 yeah exactly. Yeah, yeah. West Ham, Bournemouth, uh, Villa, Arsenal, us, but then Everton, Burnley, Palace, Chelsea. Um, Burnley and Palace and Everton will probably have absolutely nothing to play for at that point. So, and the thing is, you don't know how anyone's going to react to crowd, so anything could happen. Let's not, you know, this, yeah. this is a whole new ball game, uh, as Sky once said. Uh, so, <laughs> well, uh, but, but so anything can happen. But I just think if you look at it logically and take your glass, you know, your United glasses off, Man United and Wolves have got an easier running than us by a mile, and the, you know. They're also they've got deeper squads. They've got more experience mm-hmm. in terms of they've already had a season in the Premier League. Wolves, Man United have obviously got embarrassment of riches. Really, if we can, if we somehow get in that top six, that is one of the stories of football ever. Yeah, indeed. Um, this will this will annoy some people. Uh, despite being behind us in the table uh, and having played a game more, Spurs are uh, shorter odds at the bookmakers to make the mm. top four. Um, I imagine that's influenced by the amount of people who are betting on them, I would I would suggest. They are... Yeah, I mean, Spurs are not... I don't think this Spurs team are very good, to be honest, but they have got Kane and Son back. I think without those yeah. two, obviously they, all, they were both going to be out for the season before the break. I don't think they've got anywhere near the, the top six or seven think that might push them, you know, they've got more of a chance, but I just don't see them anywhere near the top six. I think these are the team that benefit, at the top anyway, benefit most yeah. from getting players back. I mean, Kane, this is, a, in a terrible way, this is probably a good thing for England as well, that the Euros have been 
bump back a, a year because mm-hmm. Kane's been injured for about a year or more. He's like been playing through this injury for ages. So yeah. for him, I'm, I'm actually really as a little side sidebar. I suppose I'm really interested to see how he looks when the season picks up Kane yeah. if he has if he is fully recovered and, and ready to go. I suppose, but yeah, I think I think actually another one on a, on a related note is. Um, you know, Mourinho's kind of had a bit of a pre-season now with Spurs, where obviously yeah, yeah. took over mid-season, so didn't have that opportunity. So he's had, what is it, two months or so, uh, three months, in fact, to, um, you know, just, to, just I guess, put, put anything in place that he wants yeah. to put in place. Whether he still has the ability to do that as a, as a manager at the top level is... Uh, is a different matter, I suppose. But before the break, Spurs. I mean, they, I'm just looking at they, they didn't win in the. They, they lost two and drew one of the last three. They won three before that, but they were never, they were never convincing. But I just mm. think those two coming back. I think again, it's it's you know I, I can see why the Buckies have got them um, to finish above us. Uh, but I won't be surprised if we finish above them. Put it that way. I'm, I'm certainly not. I think the top six will probably finish above us. I won't be surprised if we finish above Tottenham at all because they're so. Flaky in their own fans, you know, they're not really excited about seeing their own team or anything like that on the forums and stuff. So, no, it, it's just completely nobody knows. This is like the exciting thing about it, knowing that mm. the worst case scenario for us is that we're going to finish 13th, 14th, or whatever. <laughs> it's 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 brilliant to to have that lack of pressure, but excitement as well, seeing how everyone's going to come back and how you know, Mourinho under Tottenham, Tottenham under Mourinho with a pre season behind him, pretty much, or whatever. You know, it's it's going to be interesting, but I wouldn't be surprised if we finish above Tottenham, but I think they'll be better than they were before the break. Yeah, I, I think possibly, unless there's someone I'm missing, I think out of all the teams, they might be the ones that benefit most from mm. having a, an un, a unforeseen you could argue break. We've obviously got a few players back, haven't they? But. Mm. Yeah, they'd definitely be the other one. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Spurs' running is it's okay, but their last three games are Newcastle, Leicester and Palace. Mm. Uh, and I think it's fair to say that those three will probably have nothing to play for at all yeah. at that point. Uh, Leicester should be guaranteed fourth, I'd have thought. Um, but yeah, seven points back at Chelsea is going to be a lot to make up in yeah. nine games. So yeah, <laughs> 10 to 1 seems about right, I suppose. United, let's get to the main event. <laughs> <laughs> The Blades are fourteen to one to make a Champions League spot. <laughs> I wonder what odds you'd have got on that at the start oh, of the season. Yeah. Must have been. Late. I mean, some people were getting like fifty to one on a top half finish, weren't they? Mm, yeah, completely. Yeah, mental. And, and obviously, if we if we beat Villa in the first uh, the first game back, they go fifth, and we would and then we can points. cancel the season, and that's that. <laughs> <laughs> and we'd be two points behind Chelsea. Um, I do think we probably have the toughest run in. We undoubtedly do. I, I had a, not an argument, but I had a, a debate with someone about this on S two a bit back. And I was saying, look, look at our running. It's it's really. T-. And they were saying, like, and rightly so. Yeah, but you know, we've we've competed with these teams all mm-hmm. season. We, you know, we've we've we should have beat Spurs, for instance. We got a good draw away at Wolves. Got a great draw away at Chelsea, and unlucky to lose to Leicester. And I, and I agree with that completely. But you're just looking at it purely on a who you don't want to play. You would pick. I mean, we haven't got Liverpool and Man City, which is great, but. You can't get much more difficult than what we've got, I don't think. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you'd, you'd much rather play in terms of the... I mean, look, Norwich, six points. Villa, one yeah. game, one win. Four points off West Ham, four points off Bournemouth. Uh, Watford we drew with, four points off Brighton, etc. Yeah, so we play, for anyone who's not aware. Teams that we play include Man U, Arsenal, Spurs, Wolves, Chelsea, Leicester. Uh, we've also got Villa and Newcastle, but it's at a point where they'll have something to play for. It's early yeah. enough in the season where... And Everton, yeah. you know, they could be challenging for Europa League spots as well. We've got their second to last game and stuff, so... Yeah, I, I see those last three games as they, they could be dead games for yeah. the opposition. Leicester, Everton, Southampton. So, you know, if, if we somehow 
uh, if it's in our hands or within touching distance going into that last three games, then whoa, I think we, we will have a real shot then because yeah. I can and see I think, us winning those last three. Another thing, though, that went, well, I think has gone against us in this sense is that we've got Tottenham at home, Wolves at home, Chelsea at home. That would have been fantastic, wouldn't it, with a full house yeah, behind yeah. us. And we're obviously going to lose that. And again, no one knows what's going to happen with home advantage and stuff once we come back. But I'd have fancied us a lot more if the crowds were back and we had Tottenham, Wolves and Chelsea, in a, you know, that there were three home games in a row that you looked at and said, well, if we've got genuinely got any chance of Europe, you're probably going to have to get at least six points out of those three games. I think it's going to be more difficult now. Yeah, I agree. I, I was very much in the sort of bring it on mood for those games, you know, get, yeah. bring on Lampard's Chelsea at a packed Bramall Lane, whereas now it's a... <laughs> and it's Tottenham, a bit... that, that flimsy Tottenham mm. side as well. I'll, the, the one that, like I said, I've said this before, like the Wolves were the one out of those three that I thought we had the last chance against. But I think now there's no crowds there. It's, it, it does definitely add to it. It does definitely mean that we're going to lose that advantage. Yeah, indeed. I mean, you know, the, the flip side is 14 to 1 looks quite long odds considering uh, the only team out of those, the, you know, supposed hard games uh, that have beaten us this season is Leicester. Uh, yeah, and, that, right. and that was, you know, that was right at the start of the season when we were still kind of figuring stuff out, I suppose. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah Man U obviously drew with Arsenal four points off. Spurs, as you say, we drew, should have won. Wolves, drew, should have won. Chelsea, all right, we pulled that out of the fire and drew. And then, uh, yeah, Leicester caught us cold a little bit. So, we've been brilliant. This is not like, I don't want this to sound like negative from my point of view. I can only look at this how I see it from mm. a, trying to be as logical as possible and not be as biased as possible. It'd be easy for me to say, yeah, we're going to do it. We're going to finish fourth and stuff. But it's it's the most out of all those top eight. That is the most difficult running of the lot. If top nine, in fact, including Arsenal, that's the most difficult running out of the lot on paper. And we've lost that sort of home advantage that could have maybe got us over the line in certain games, as as yeah. we did probably against like you know Arsenal at home. Yeah, I don't think it's uh, I don't think it's disrespectful to what the team has achieved so far no. to acknowledge that to take that next step up against teams with like. Hundred million pound budgets. Mm, <laughs> it's yeah. going to be really, really difficult. And uh, yeah, I think as you said earlier, you know, if we somehow pull that off, that is a, a ridiculous achievement from where yeah. we were at the start of the season. I mean, finishing mid-table is a ridiculous achievement, but to yeah. go that next step will be absolutely incredible. I genuinely but, think of the top of my head, and someone might give me something else. So I'm wrong there, but. I don't think there's Leicester winning the league that would probably beat that. If we got if if we got in the Champions League, for instance, I think that's the second best achievement in Premier League history. Not including before that with Forest and stuff like that. I'm talking about just Premier League era. Yeah, I was. I saw. I think it was probably just a random Twitter poll or something from some. I don't know. I think it was from a website, but it was uh, as in not just uh, a random. It was like a football website. Yeah. And it was like which is which would be the biggest achievement? Uh, Leicester winning the Premier League in uh, whatever year it was, or uh, Sheffield United finishing in the Champions League. And I sort of clicked on it, like expecting all the replies to be like, "Oh, come off it!" You know, Leicester winning the <laughs> Premier League's like. But it was like you know, there was a, a good swell of opinion that was like that would be ridiculous if Sheffield United. Uh, make it into uh, the Champions League. It would, so, I, I still say Leicester were the biggest achievements winning the actual league when yeah, you've yeah. just survived relegation the year before. He's, he's, he's still mental to me. I still can't get my head around. I actually watch videos of it still. I'm not a Leicester <laughs> fan just thinking, how, how did you manage that? Uh, and I was cheering for him at the end of that season after it makes you a fantastic of a romanticism of it. But yeah. this is this is second place. I, I, I don't... I've not. I can't think of anything that would be a bigger achievement than that. <laughs> which should go to tell people that you know, this is sort of this is a massive, massive achievement. Me saying we're not going to get in the Champions League is not being negative. It, I think it's being realistic because if we did, it's one of the miracles of football. 
Yeah, and wouldn't it be enjoyable to see it unfold? So we've got that to look forward to, yeah. see uh, see how it goes. Uh, one of the team in the conversation, I suppose, just about, just just on the fringes of uh, the conversation, mm. tr- trying to get a word in edgeways. <laughs> Arsenal, 17-1. to 1. They are on 40 points. They're only three points behind us at the moment, and they have a game in hand as well, albeit against Manchester City. Um, but yeah, they are currently eight points off. Arsenal won a good run before the break as well. They, they were undefeated in six. Uh, Arteta sort of got it together uh, a little bit. Uh, Arsenal, you never know, do you? You really don't know. I mean, playing with now fans could help them, or they could just sack it off. It's just uh, another flimsy team. Yeah, they, you know they they haven't their underlying numbers haven't really improved since Arteta took over. Their, their uh, expected goal difference has actually got worse. <laughs> yeah, by by a very very small amount, and you know it's not a huge sample of games, obviously. Um, yeah. But I think yeah, I think Arteta's you know putting in the in place the sort of blocks for longer term improvement. So I, I imagine they will be better next season. Uh, I would say they have the second toughest run in as well. Yeah, they play yeah. City. Uh, United, Wolves, Leicester, Liverpool, Spurs, uh, and then the last two are Villa and Watford, who will likely be desperate for points as well. So, seventeen for one, I think they are very much, uh, very much on the outside of that one. Don't don't expect them to be in the mix at all. Unless... I don't think they'll want to get in the Europa League. Actually, mm. I think it could be beneficial for them not to be in the. They don't need it, do they? they really, Arsenal. So, I guess yeah, if they're not going to be in the Champions League picture, then yeah, might might. Do them good to yeah. sit that one out as well. So I'll let us beat you in FA Cup. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we will get to that. Right, let us let's take a quick break, mate, and then we'll uh, we'll jump onto the next topic. Let's take a very quick break to tell you about one of our sponsors, Beer Fifty Two. Beer Fifty Two are offering a free case of their handpicked beers to Bladespod subscribers. All you need to do is head to beer fifty two dot com slash Bladespod, sign up, and cover just the four pound ninety five for postage and they will deliver a case of eight free beers direct to your door, meaning you barely need to leave the sofa to sip delicious craft beer from around the world. Because these aren't just any beers, Beer 52 are the world's most popular craft beer discovery club. They traverse the globe to find the best and most interesting craft beers from the greatest small batch breweries the world has to offer and deliver it straight to your door. They don't hold you to ransom. You can leave at any time with no cost to you. Sign up today and get your free case of craft beer. Get it from beer52.com slash bladespod. That's the word beer, then the numbers 52.com slash bladespod. Now back to the podcast. All right, we are back. Now you let's let's talk about this next thing as you mentioned it, the FA Cup, which I, I kind of forgot or keep forgetting is taking place. Am I <laughs> yeah. am I just being stupid? I, I, I'm completely the same. I didn't think they'd bring it back to be honest. I keep forgetting we're in it, and this is the beauty of it again. But you know, we've we've got. I mean, we're in the FA Cup quarterfinals as well as like you know fighting for a European place. It's mm-hmm. this is why it's so exciting. I think for us to come back because. We're in a position that non, nobody ever expected. We've never had a cup run under Wilder or anything like that. But now we're only like three games from the two games from the final. Yeah, uh, I know you can say one game from Wembley, but <laughs> yeah, I was going to say that, and I thought, nah, that's not. Too Although that's not actually confirmed, <laughs> is it? Uh, I was, I was I looking think earlier. It'd be, yeah, I don't think I'd want the semi-final at Wembley to be honest. If there's going to be no fans there, just play wherever. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't really matter, does it? Um, <laughs> but yeah, they've not. They've not announced any information on venues for semis or indeed the final, actually. Mm, true. Um, I could not have told you who the other quarterfinals were off the top of my head at all. But for the record, United obviously play Arsenal uh, at home 
Leicester play Chelsea, Newcastle play Man City and Norwich host Manchester United. Um, yeah, heavy hitters still left in there, but you know, I think we I was excited for that Arsenal game, you know, that was a, a very winnable game and then to get in yeah, to get us to the the semi-final for um well, I suppose it's only the first time in uh, in six years when it have been, but yeah, uh, going going back to uh, Mr. Clough's year, of course. But um, yeah, it's uh, it, it's an, like I say, it's another kind of um, just extra thing to look forward to, I suppose. Uh, we obviously play on the all the all the games are played on the weekend of the twenty seventh and twenty eighth, so that's the uh, I guess the second weekend of football. Uh, semi-finals 11th or 12th of July and then the final final itself on August the 1st um, I think we discussed before didn't we how you'd feel about seeing United win the FA Cup with no fans there mm. I think I'd feel pretty damn good about it perhaps <laughs> you know <laughs> not as good as if I was obviously there in person but uh, you know give give me a trophy that yeah, would be amazing I, I, obviously it'd be better you're always going to get the negative people who look on the, the dark side of things and be saying oh, we can't believe we won FA Cup and we weren't there which I understand realistically. But typical United winning the typical FA Cup. Typical United winning the FA Cup. <laughs> uh, but yeah, give it me. I'll, I'll have it. I'll have it with no fans. I'm not bothered. I'll watch it at home. I'll watch it. You know, I'm not bothered. <laughs> yeah. What, what do you think? Um, do you think we should prioritise FA Cup or still treat it as a little bit of a secondary competition at this stage? I'm just thinking we play a lot of games in a short period of time. Would you? I do, yeah. Do you, do you want to see how would you feel if we played a slightly weakened team against Arsenal in lieu I of, uh, don't, the league I don't think we will I don't I don't think I, I just don't think I think we'll we'd play I think you should take it as it's a league game I think they're just as important as each other the league and the cup just as important as each other in terms of we've got as much chance of winning the FA Cup in my opinion than getting the Champions League but we've got more chance probably of winning the FA Cup getting the Champions League but I, I just think just pick your best side or whoever's fit and just treat you as if it's a league game. I don't think you should really differentiate between what's the most important. It's going to be interesting to see if United and indeed other teams do that. I mean, I think I think it's five games in 15 days for us to start mm-hmm. the season, uh, yeah. which this is one, obviously. Um, and yeah, looking at the other teams, I mean, <clears throat> Chelsea and Man United, bigger squads, obviously you would expect them to rotate some players for that quarterfinal. Really interested to see what Norwich will do because um, they basically need to win half their uh, probably more than half their remaining games I think uh, in the league to stay up. So yeah, I'd be really curious to see what kind of team Norwich put out against Man United actually whether they whether they think they they can sort of steal a bit of an advantage in you know what it will essentially be a, a free weekend for them if they rest some yeah. So interesting how it goes. Yeah, I, I don't know. I think you're probably right with United or. or a, at worst, a few changes. I thought I'd have thought so. I think we'll yeah. have to make changes in the games anyway. I, I really do. I think we're going to have we're going to see a lot more squad players coming in and stuff like that. And yeah, I think it, I think we'll just play it. It's a cliche, but I think they'll play it. You know, game by game. I think I think that's how Wilder will look at it as well. Just see where we are. If we lose the first two matches, for instance, then yeah, maybe rest your place for Man United and you know get your best side out for Arsenal. But we'll have to just see how it goes. I think. Yeah, I think that's yeah, that's a good point. So we we actually would have played three games. We wanted to play Villa, Newcastle, and Manu. Oh, could, me, bef- yeah, 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 that's right. Bef- yeah. Before the Arsenal game, so yeah, let's you know, worst case scenario, say we only get one or th- uh, one or zero points out of those three games. Champions League becomes very very remote, and at that point, yeah, you probably push all your chips in for that Arsenal game, don't you? So yeah, full falls in quite a nice spot for us actually, because mm. um, then yeah, we have does. a full. 
And we get a f- the other thing is we get a full week, I believe, before the. Oh no, it's a Thursday. Isn't it? uh, yeah, so we'd play play Arsenal on the Saturday, I think, and then we don't play again until Thursday the second. Which of I think July. that's the longest run you're going to get without a game. <laughs> yeah, because we play. Th- hmm, I wonder if any of this is getting moved around. Some of it's TBD in it. Yeah, it's, but, uh, excuse me. We're supposed to play Burnley on the Saturday after the Thursday, but that's still a to be determined. So yeah, yeah, yeah. that probably gets bumped today. But then we've got Wolves on the uh, the Wednesday following. So yeah, it's uh, it's going to be jam packed. So yeah, interested to see what we do. But yeah, hopefully, I, I, I hope we go for it. I, you know, this is this is probably the best chance we've had to win the FA Cup in I would say in my lifetime. Point United, like yeah. maybe ninety three. I wasn't yeah, really going to possible. games then. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, obviously, the other time we've been championship clubs, haven't we? Like in the in the other two, other than the Old Sheffield semi-final. So yeah, you're probably right. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's move on to the other end of the table. The other thing to watch, and that is a relegation picture. And wonderfully, we can watch it with our feet up. <laughs> yeah. And a, a nice cold beer, just uh, just chilling and watching the. Uh, the dog fight to stay in the Premier League, knowing that... I look forward um, to this a lot, the relegation same. fight. I think it's between six teams, realistically. And I think, you know, I, I, I won't, I, I've got sort of grievances with them all, to a degree. So. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I don't mind if any of them down, some can, more than can, others, but... <laughs> can you give me a one-line grievance for each team? Brighton, just because they were really arrogant before one of the view from before we played them as if, like, you know, and they signed more pie and they've got this pot of ball nonsense that they talk about, <laughs> which annoys me. West Ham, do you know what, but West Ham, I genuinely quite find them quite funny as a as, as a club. I think they're a bit sort of self-deprecating as a, as a fan base, but we all know, you know, the, what, what's gone on there. So, yeah, that'll be fun to see them down. Karen Brady as well, I think. Yeah, 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 yeah. Karen Brady, the uh, chief null and voider. That's it, exactly, yeah. It'd be fantastic if they went down for just for here, wouldn't it? Yeah. Um, <laughs> Watford, out of, the, out of a lot of them, I probably like, dislike them the least, but you've got Nigel Pearson, like, ex-Wednesday man, maniac. So, <laughs> they, they can go. <laughs> uh, Bournemouth, just the diving around from the players when we played them, yeah, obviously, at Bramall Lane, just before the break. I forgot that, yeah. Yeah. And, and again, they thought that they, the view from after, just they were so like, oh, they're just dirty, long ball, like Burnley and Stoke and all that, <laughs> yeah, whatever. Villa, just purely because of all the hype when they went up, everyone said they were going to be completely safe based on absolutely nothing, whereas we were going to go down. And Norwich, just for just being... They're probably the most deluded fan base second to Wednesday, judging by the forums anyway. That's not every Norwich fan, obviously, but just they still think they'd rather be in their position than ours and they're further on in their, their journey and, yeah, oh, just a bit insane. So, yeah, any of them going down, I can find a reason to celebrate. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's fair. Um, talking of be, rather being in our position, I believe Bolton were relegated to League Two. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. I, yeah, well, you know, oh, soft, yeah. you know, they were... They were they're better so than us, though, aren't they? Obviously, so. so. There's now three full divisions between us. Yeah, and that's another. That's I mean, crazy. look, I'm based a lot of this on idiots on forums, which I am one of. So um, <laughs> I'm not uh, sort of like obviously just like being disparaging about the entire fan base, but there's there are certain things obviously where I do the view from stuff, and you think, are you insane? And there is like that sort of self satisfaction of when <laughs> when they fail, saying, "Ah, you're wrong." <laughs> And this is why I do. Oh, I love doing the pre-season Wednesday predictions, which I've completed yesterday. I told you, didn't I? Mm. I completed the pre-season view from Wednesday yesterday, um, which I'll I'll be releasing once we are definitely, 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 definitely safe. <laughs> <laughs> Just so I don't like tempt any fate. And it's an, it's amazing. And these are all like similar sort of things to that, really. Yeah. Well, let's let's run through these teams then, uh, and I, I'll do it in reverse order of. Um... 
Uh, well, doing the bookies, bookies likelihood to be relegated. So, obviously Norwich, bottom of the league, they are the favourites. One to twenty to be relegated. Um, yeah, I think they're gone. So the case, I think they need. They'll probably need fifty. They are on twenty-one points. I think they need fifteen or sixteen points from nine games to stay up. Mm. Which you know, it doesn't. When you say it like that, it's like obviously that's really good form, but it doesn't sound that impossible. But no, no. But if you look, they've only won five games all season. Exactly that. It would it would double their points per game for the season up to this point. They're averaging point seven two, and they basically need one and a half points a game to stay up. I don't know um, how much you can read into form before this, obviously, but they'd lost four of the the last six as well. So it's not as if they were you know getting anything together or or you know coming to any sort of form. Yeah, I mean they're just they're just not very good. Ultimately, you know, no, I think, I think they've got to. spark. There's, there's things there you can build with, and they've obviously got decent plays here and there and stuff. But they, they're not, yeah, they're not solid. They don't. They, this outscoring teams approach that happened from last season, I don't think they were ever going to work. I think we both picked him to go down, actually, didn't we? We did. Yes, I, I've been surprised. I mean, we'll we'll obviously revisit the whole season when it's mm. uh, when it's completed. But I've been surprised how ineffective they've been in attack as I, you this say. is what I was about you just took the words out of my mouth I was about to say exactly that phrase that they've been so ineffective in attack I think I was, I'm surprised at that yeah they are the joint worst goal scorers in the league and that's not a fluke they have the third worst XG and they also have the third worst defence on XG so that's not a good combination that you know you, usually even the bad teams they're like they're good at one part of it and, and not at the other like or at least you know Slightly middling at something and worse at something else. Whereas, yeah, they're they're just a bad team. I mean, their their running's not terrible. They play Chelsea, Arsenal, Man City, but then Southampton, Brighton, Watford, West Ham, Burnley, and Everton. So, you know, some teams, a couple of teams that are in the relegation fight, but then quite a few teams with very little to play for. And really, those teams I just listed, they probably need to win five of those games. Yeah, they've only won five games all season. So, yeah, I'd, it would be. It wouldn't be as big an achievement as us finishing in the no. Champions League spots, but for them to stay up from here, I mean, they're only six points adrift, but you know, other teams are going to pick up points as well. So the goal difference yeah. makes it seven as well, realistically, because uh, yeah, you know, what for the fourth bottom with minus seventeen and Norwich have got minus twenty-seven. That's ten goal swing. It's yeah, I suppose yeah, it could happen. Yeah, it could happen. It could happen, but uh, one to twenty seems uh, seems about right. Um, Villa, who are currently 19th, um, they are second favourites for relegation, 2-5. to five. Uh, They get McGinn, Grealish, and possibly Tom Heaton back. He's not, he's not fit to play yet, but I think they've, I think they've re-registered him on the, um, yeah. the resubmitted squads. So he could come back into contention later in the season. But getting McGre- excuse me, McGinn and Grealish back... Is obviously, I mean, they are that, that's their two best players. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Without you know, by an absolute mile, I think they've given themselves um, the, well, not given themselves, but this has given them the best opportunity they had. I think they, I think they'd have definitely gone down before the break. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I, I think this they they are another team that yeah, as you said, as we said, definitely benefit from this break. I mean, I don't know if you remember that it was actually the final game before um, everything was postponed. They lost, mm-hmm. I think, it was four nil at Leicester. Leicester, yeah. Oh, I was, I mean. It was embarrassing if you're a Villa fan. It was hilarious for me. I mean, well, they, just... they got hammered against Watford. They got absolutely hammered against Man City, Man City at home. I mean, they've let 56 goals in. Yeah, and that, it, that, you I consider mean, us they... who came up with them have let uh, 25 in. They, um, <laughs> I mean, they, you know, at times just look really amateur at the back. You know, Pepe Reina, there's that goal they mm. conceded at Southampton where he's like jogging back after going up for a corner. Um, Leicester, I, I can't remember what he did, but he just like. 
they just like completely missed the ball or something and the yeah, guy ran yeah, in and yeah. scored. I it's mean, just... there's there talk on their forum, which I'll come to later about what their fans are saying about the next match, but uh, they were like, so there was a bit of an argument on there about who they should have in goal for that first game. And they all seem to think Rayner will definitely play. Mm. Yeah, so I mean, yeah, if Heaton's not back, I'm sure. Although they had, uh, they had another lad in the League Cup final. Is it yeah, Nyland, I remember his I name. Know, he's in Norwegian or Scandinavian kid, I think. Yeah, I think Scandinavian, that'll do. Yeah, that'll do, yeah. <laughs> Cover all bases. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think it was Nyland. But, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so interesting what they do there. Um, their last few games are Lost pretty... four in a row. Yeah, that's right. Um their running is pretty brutal, actually. I yeah. mean, they've got us to start, obviously, uh, who um, one of the best away teams in the league for what it's worth at this point. Then they've got Chelsea. Uh, they've also got Wolves, Liverpool, Man United, Everton and Arsenal. Uh, and then they play Newcastle and West Ham and Palace as well. That's that's tough. Um, yeah, I, I, I think I picked them to stay up, you know? No, I did pick them to go down, actually. As in, uh, in my revised. Yeah, it's going to be. Class. I think that first game against us is absolutely huge for them. Really, really, really big. Mm. And and you know, as we kind of said that, I, I almost think this works the other way for them. They've got Chelsea at home, but because it's the second game, that actually mm. might benefit them in a way with it being weird conditions. Like you know, they might have yeah. a better chance of winning that than they would have done under But the thing conditions. is, Villa's, Villa's home form is the only reason they've, they're in with any sort of shout of staying up at all. And you mm. wonder if that could... T- obviously, with no crowds and stuff, how much is that going to be a hindrance? Yeah, I don't know. Oh, well, even then, their home form's not that good, is it? <laughs> just they've, only, yeah, they've only won seven games all season anyway, but their home form's far better than their way. I think I've just got that right, haven't I? I think you are right, yeah. They've got uh, 17... Yeah, 17 of their 25 points yeah. are at home, yeah. Um, but it's still only the fourth, excuse me, the seventeenth best mm. home record. So, yeah, just just shows you they've not been very good all season, I suppose. But yeah, I, I don't know. I, I'm with you. I, I, there would be something a little bit funny of our two promotion rivals from last season, both, yep. both finishing nineteenth and twentieth. So, see how that goes. Bournemouth, um, Bournemouth are a team that benefit from this break, I think, because David Brooks. So yeah, they were on a horrendous run, weren't they? Yeah, seven points from their previous ten matches, which was the worst in the Premier League before the lockdown. Um, they get Brooks back theoretically. Uh, you know how how quickly he is up to match speed. He's obviously, uh, I guess, he's gone twelve months without playing, hasn't he? Yeah. He, um, he was injured just before the start of, of of this season, I should say. Uh, Lloyd Kelly, you know, they spent quite a bit of money on him from Bristol City, and uh, he's been injured all season as well. So. Yeah, probably not a game changer, but a, a nice, nice player to to chuck in there. Yeah. So yeah, this is another one. I think the break came at a good time for them. Yeah, um, but yeah, they do have. Uh, they also have quite a tough run in as well. I think so. I don't know about Bournemouth. I mean, we, you know, we, would you agree? Are you picking? Are you saying Norwich and Villa are, are two that are going to go? Or? I think Norwich and Villa will go. Um, I just think that Villa home thing and the running might be too much for them. I'm really surprised if they stayed up. I think they might go. The other one. I might go Watford. Yeah, I worry a bit about Watford for sure. So there's three teams on 27 points, which is uh, Bournemouth, Watford, West Ham. That is 16th, 17th, 18th, basically. Mm. Yeah, I, I think so. I don't know. I, I think part of me wants West Ham to go down. That's. I think that's West Ham will be fine again. I think the break, regrouping and all that sort of stuff. And they have got decent players. 
you know, the, and I wonder again without the the crowds. I don't know if this is going to help the, the the more. It's true. I don't. Well, I don't know. I don't know how to put this without. I don't want to call them cowards, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but you know, the the players who sort of uh, flatter to deceive may feel a lot more freedom when it comes to having no crowd around them and stuff like that. But I could be mm. wrong with that. That's just yeah. You know, I'm just theorising there. No, I like that. Um, I hadn't really considered that, but definitely a few times this season I've talked about West Ham. I thought they would be in real trouble because I felt they had a home disadvantage. Yeah, just like actually, as in playing at home was dis- was more advantageous for the away team. And yeah, that is a that is probably at worst reset now. So yeah, I think you're right. Um, yeah, Bournemouth are four to five to go down. West Ham are two to one. Only only Bournemouth took fewer points in the last ten before the pause, but. It was a tough ten games. Mm. They, I think, the last seven they played Liverpool twice, played City, played Leicester and Arsenal. So and they beat Villa, didn't they? I think I'm right in saying, yeah, they did, didn't they? Just before yeah, they beat Villa. I think they drew. They drew with Liverpool. No, they lost to Liverpool, didn't they? Lost to Liverpool, yeah. And I think that Watford, the, what the thing with Watford is, I they actually didn't. They only won one of the last six, which I was quite surprised about before the break. Mm. But they did seem to have a bit of momentum in terms of how they played and stuff. You wonder how much is that, you know, is that going to last and stuff. The other one I think is in real trouble, are Brighton. Yeah, Brighton is strange. Let's, you know, we could talk about all these together then. So West Ham two to one, Watford a nine to four to go down. So it's pretty good value for a mm-hmm. team that are a joint joint eighteenth at the moment. Then Brighton yeah. eleven to four. Yeah, Watford. Watford is strange on. They definitely picked up since Pearson took over. Um, they took more points in the last 10 games than they did in the first 19, but I don't want to denigrate Pearson as a manager, but I think I think that says a lot about what they were doing at the start of the season, which is just, mm, yeah. just completely no idea what they're doing at managerial yeah. level. You know, bringing back Sanchez Flores just actually made them worse, I think. Um, yeah. They have, this is Watford, they have City and Arsenal as their final two games of the mm. season. So they're probably hoping to be okay by the time they've finished their previous games, um, which, to be fair, in Norwich, Newcastle and West Ham. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, this is the thing we... I don't Sorry to jump ahead, but Brighton, for no, instance... Please do. Have you seen their running? Uh, got, yeah, they're... F- they've still got Man United, Arsenal, Leicester, Liverpool and Man City to play. That's all in the first game, first five games, yeah, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And obviously um, Liverpool have got some... Man, man, I've not got something to play for by then, I'm not sure, but... Yeah, I could see I could see Klopp wanting to, you know. I mean, they're on they're having a, a magical season, Liverpool, aren't they? Mm, yeah. If you're Klopp, you surely want to try and win. Or if they've done the drop points in two games, you've got to go for thirty six. And thirty six wins that would be a Premier League record for sure. Um, in fact, I wonder if that'd be a football league record. Need to look that up. Yeah, possibly. Six yeah. thirty eight games. That's insane. Yeah. <laughs> Not even me on Football Manager. Does that. <laughs> um, yeah, with Brighton. I mean, yeah, that's their that's their first five back. As as I say, Arsenal, Man U, Liverpool, and City all in there. And those those four teams are all at home as well, which you know would have been it, which I found a bit strange. Was um, oh, the the chairman's name at Watford is uh, excuse me, at Brighton has temporarily escaped me. But yeah, you know, he was a, a big. Big proponent of um, no to neutral venues. Yeah, must play, must play the Amex, and yeah. I think you, I think you do still gain an advantage playing in your home stadium versus a neutral ground, even without fans, because obviously it's you know it's a familiar surrounding. Yeah. You don't have uh, to, you know, you don't have to travel. Yeah, to, it's like Sunday league football. You know, you, you I, I personally always used to want to play at home rather than away. There are no fans there, but just because you know <laughs> really? the pitch and you know the the uh, you know you, you you're comfortable in that that environment. 
You didn't have like four thousand fans at every game. I didn't. No, I'm for, no, I never got to that stage. I think there were about like sixty people on a dog at max. <laughs> <laughs> it's quite a low dog to people ratio there. Actually, it, very true. Right. Yeah, very true. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So anyway, that that you know that those those really tough games with a with a full Amex mm. would have probably. I mean, I won't say it tilted them in their favour, but I think they probably would have rather had that than no fans at all. So, yeah, you know, that's going to be tough. They have not won yet in 2020 either, Brighton, um, which mm. is nine games, uh, which is the only team. It might might be the only team in the EFL to have done it, or the whole Football League, rather. It was certainly the only team in the Premier League. When did they win? Uh, didn't they win on, like, New Year's Day or something? I'm sure they've won a league game. Let's check that. Yeah, I'm not sure. I'd like, I'd like, I'd like to think I'm right. <laughs> I'm not sure if I am. I think I, I'm pretty sure they beat someone. Let's just work this out on air. Uh, this is great because we can just look at Wednesday's recent results. Um, oh, they beat Charlton. They be, beat Charlton, yeah. Ah, bloody Charlton. But they did also lose three one at home to Derby and five nil away at Brentford. Three nil at home to Reading. Three nil at home to Reading and five <laughs> nil at home to uh, Blackburn. Uh, to Blackburn, they beat Leeds. Of course, they had their their annual win over Leeds at Ellen Road. Of course, they did. In, uh, yeah, that was in January. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Bloody Leeds. <laughs> Does that stay down just for that? I know. Um, so yeah, Watford. Um, Watford, as I say, they have picked up a little bit, but still not that good. Um, obviously, as a team down at the bottom, I, I really, I don't know if I had to pick one of those four: Bournemouth, West Ham, Watford, Brighton. Who who are you going with? I think I go Watford, Watford? but I won't. Be, I, I personally, <laughs> it's so hard. I think Norwich Villa are definitely going. And if you ask me, I'm going to say Watford. But I think, oh, as, as I said, that I thought it's going to be Brighton. But I think it's Watford and Brighton are my two out of those two. Yeah, they you know Brighton. They don't score many. Uh, they I think they've conceded the first goal in more games than any other team or something mm. like that. Or mm. possibly they do have a better Norwich. goal difference than everyone else. Brighton, to be fair, there's only minus eight. Yeah, they've got a two-point advantage at the moment on yeah. the on the relegation. I'll go zone, Watford. But... I'll go Watford. Yeah, get some money on it. Nine to four. It's not Who bad. Did you go? Who did you go for in your? I picked West Ham. I think. Oh, um, right. Yeah, um, but then I did some more research on it, and uh, <laughs> I might be wrong. And also, just uh, just getting a bit overexcited, perhaps. But <laughs> let's see. Yeah. Right. Uh, let's move on to next thing to look out for and now we're getting more I think more United specific now um, well let's, let's quickly tick off the home advantage one so mm. yeah this is one to keep an eye on so simply put Bundesliga has obviously had I think five rounds of games now and home advantage is is out the window the most common outcome this is from uh, Nick Harris who is at Sporting Intel on Twitter the most outcome of the 45 games played so far is an away win. Mm. 47% of games have been an away win. Mm. Um, and the second one is a draw, 31%. And just 10 of those 45 games have been home wins. That's just madness, that really, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, so that's 22% home wins, which is down from 43% for the rest of the season. Yeah. There's no guarantee that will be the same in the Premier League and none of the other leagues have played enough games yet to draw any kind of conclusion yeah. along that. So, yeah, this is one... Uh, you know, I mentioned it a few weeks ago, I think, and it's one I've kind of had an eye on. Every time there's a round of Bundesliga games, I'm looking down the results being like, uh, you know, there's, there's two two home wins out of 10 games. Like, you know, carry on again. And, yeah, it's, it's going to be... It's going to be interesting to see if that is true 
for the Premier League as well because that will blow a lot of things out of the water. You know, as yeah. you say, that will that will certainly affect us adversely. It will definitely affect um, Brighton. You thought, <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. Um, yeah, so I, I guess it's. Yeah, I wonder, you know, is it just the, the crowd geeing up the players? Is it the crowd getting on the referees back? Is that a, you know, is that a, an advantage that will completely I mean, disappear? The, with at crowd? the end, there's Oliver Norwood interview I'll go back to again, where he was saying that, you know, at home the fans suck the ball into the net and all that sort mm. of cliched stuff. But this, you know, this will be really interesting to see how much of that is a thing. You know, the home support getting behind you and stuff like that, because that. You know, just 10, 22% of wins is is a, a, an insane statistic. Yeah, definitely. And it's, you know, yeah, you've got the... You've even seen it with sort of good, you know, the really good teams, the Champions League teams going mm. up against uh, lower teams and, you know, only getting a draw or that kind of thing. And, you know, building up a, a reasonable enough sample now where you can say it is actually a trend rather yeah. than a, just a statistical fluke. So, yeah, definitely one to keep an eye on. Um, which, which, which thing to look out for would you like to jump to next? Well, the first thing that, you know, in terms of United that I think both our minds went to were Lundstrom. John mm. Lundstrom's form, obviously, before the sea, before the break was a bit dodgy, shall we say. He'd completely lost his form, hadn't he, if we're going to be completely honest, um, after such an amazing start. And obviously, there's all this contract stuff going around. Is he, is he going to sign? Is he is he the one refusing a contract that Wilder were talking about on the Alan Big show? Nobody really knows, but it looks like it is pointing that way, obviously. And it would be really interesting to see if that early season form from Lundstrom was just a, you know, a glitch, <laughs> rather mm. than you know, a, 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 and rather than that he can prove that he is a genuine Premier League player week in week out. I'm, hmm, I don't know if I'm misremembering, but I don't feel like he was terrible in this, like. You know, if you want to draw a line of like the the post burger signing, if you like, I think I it was mi- came mixed. before that. Personally, I think the Liverpool match he was really, really poor. You know, away from home. Yeah, that's fair. Um, I'm just going through the fixtures now. Uh, West Ham at home, he were awful. Don't you remember that game? I actually don't, but I'll tell you word for it. Yeah, he, in, he, I don't, he, I don't he, remember he his individual form. He got taken in that game. He just couldn't put, put a, a pass mm, together. Yeah. Um, I don't really remember it's him. It's true. Besic was kind of in the team a bit more around here, wasn't yeah, he? Yeah, he lost his place to the Man City at home game and then the Millwall Cup game. Um, and then he lost Palace his, was a good... Sorry, go on. Then he lost his place, obviously, when Berger came in um, to the, mm. away at Palace. And he came on against Palace and played really well. Came mm. on against Bournemouth and scored. Although came played badly. Against, yeah, and then the, the three after that... Uh, he didn't play. He didn't play at all. Obviously, like the Brighton, Bournemouth, and Palace games, he didn't play. And then he played against Norwich, and I think he were back to being decent. Actually, in fairness to him, against Norwich, yeah, he created a sharp goal with a, yeah, a mega cross. cross. So, yeah, I don't. I, I might be. I might be just misremembering, but I. I feel like he's been mixed, and you know, he was at such a. He was at such a high level mm. for the first few months of the season that maybe this is just. This is a more normal level, which is not. Uh, shouldn't be surprising, really, considering no. you know he was a fringe championship player. So yeah, I guess the the thing to watch is, as you say, is how he plays for the rest of this season, and if he not only I guess if he gets a contract with us or a contract with someone else, but what kind of player is he? Is he is he a good Premier League player? Is he a decent Championship player who went on a ridiculous tear for a few months? Mm. Um, and yeah, it's, it's it's interesting to see what happens to he's him. He's going to play. I, I imagine he's going to yeah. play just simply because of the amount of games. You know, he was obviously on the bench up before the Norwich game for the three. Uh, before that, he's going to he's going to be playing a lot of games. So we're, we're going to see what he's made of. I think. And it may well be that this 
these conditions are absolutely tailor made for him. Mm. With, uh, you know, uh, high energy up and down the pitch. You yeah. know, run all day kind of thing against uh, against players who will no doubt be fatigued. Mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's uh, it's interesting. He's obviously out of contract this summer, isn't he? Technically, but I think I, th- I thought we did have the option to extend. Yeah, we've got by one year, year option. Didn't we? Yeah. Yeah, um, I I do wonder what happens to him in terms of where he's playing next season. Mm. I think if you're thinking career-wise, I could see why you'd want to try and cash this in. You know, he's never played at this level before. He's clearly done well. You know, yeah. he's he's made a name for himself. He, you, can, you know, not just the fantasy stuff, but the actual <laughs> goal-scoring midfielder. Yeah. He has made a name for himself. So I could see I could see why he's Try and do a bit of a lyle. No, I don't. I don't want to. I don't want to disparage I'm still not completely convinced, based on you know the, what we've seen from the early part of the season, that he's going to be good enough for us to progress. If that, he may well be. I don't think he's shown enough for another Premier League team better than us to take a chance on him. But obviously, I'm, I'm there to be proven wrong with that. Yeah, the only the only counter argument to that is kind of what I said with Ryan Fraser last week is that. Um, out-of-contract players mm. that can be acquired for free become more desirable yeah. because, well, because you don't have to pay money for them up front. You just uh, pay wages and, you know, that gets spread out and yeah. you, you get an asset in exchange. So there may be, you know, there may be a team like, I don't know, just pick, pick a mid-table team like Everton, for example, who are like, this guy could be a good squad player for us. Obviously, he has the Everton connection, I suppose. Yeah, 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 yeah. A little bit more sense. But this guy could be a, a squad player for us. We can get him for free. We won't have to pay him you know, Gilfie Sigurdsson money or anything yeah, like that. So, yeah, yeah. so why not? And from his point of view, Lundstrom is like, well, these guys are going to pay me more. I'm probably going to, if we're being realistic, I would imagine he's only going to be a, a role player for us. Even if he does sign another contract, he's probably still going to just be yeah. a squad player, isn't he? Yeah, um, I, think that's, I think that's fair, yeah. Yeah, so it's interesting. I, I don't know either way. I certainly, um, I don't, uh, I certainly wouldn't blame him for wanting to, uh, explore options elsewhere. Mm. To be honest, although you know, you could say, "Well, we've put you, we've put you in this position and made you the player that you are." But you know, ultimately, you've got to, got to do what's right yeah, for you. That's I suppose, football, isn't it? yeah, of course, indeed, yeah. So, yeah, definitely, um, definitely an interesting subplot, if you like, for United's remainder of the season. The other one, uh, and a slightly more broader topic, I suppose, is is players with futures on the line at United mm. and. I kind of thinking players, mainly players who were out of contract at the end of this season, um, two of whom I guess are here on... Let's deal with the players who are not out of contract because they don't actually have a contract yet, and that is Retsos and uh, Zivkovic. Yeah. Now, we've barely seen these players. Neither have played a Premier League minute, I don't think, Retsos. No, no, on, Retsos um, came on as a Reading, didn't Reading, didn't that were it, yeah. Yeah, so this is... Um, I mean, for, from their point of view, they... This is a great opportunity because we're going to have to rotate, as you said. We've got that, we've got those extra substitutes as well. So, you know, these these players are almost certainly going to be on the bench now. It's a massive chance for them. Before. Massive, massive chance for them to be kept on because I, I, I'd wonder how many games they'd have got if the breakout mm. had happened. You know, because we were obviously, we were obviously all set in our in our ways, if you like it, with the team. Yeah. It'd have been really difficult, particularly for Retsos, I think, to to break into the team. Now, well, we're, I was. We're almost definitely going to see him now, aren't we? Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. I mean, I actually was thinking um, with Zivkovic. Uh, I was. I think I might have said this. You know, we may not see him play for Sheffield yeah, United. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you, know, uh, you know, prior to uh, this pandemic, I guess, because yeah, only um, only seven subs. You know, we have we have good strikers in terms of you know 
players who uh, have shown that they are worthy of, of starting for us, um, which which kind of bounced him off the subs bench. So, yeah, this is, you know, and this is where if, um, it, to kind of return to what you said really early in the podcast about um, almost using as like a, a proving ground for next season as well, like yeah. being a mini season in itself. This is where if we end up losing our first three games or something like that and Champions League is out the window, this gives us a great opportunity to chuck these players into the mix where there's very little consequence to us not playing well as a team if we're starting Retsos and Zivkovic. You know, we actually yeah. give them Premier League minutes and get a proper look at them and decide are these players that we want to turn into turn from loans into um into permanent deals, which is something that is in place for us if we want to uh if we it's want to take that option for these sort of these players as well. Even the likes of Rodwell, Kieran Freeman who's out of contract and stuff like that. Because we don't know what the market's going to be like, do we? Obviously, mm-hmm. we, we don't know how much money we've got. These players might have been given a, you know, players we might have been getting rid of, might be getting a second opportunity due to finances. And obviously, that's yeah. just, you know, I'm just sort of supposing that we're not going to be have the financial sort of power, if you like, that we might have done. This goes for all clubs because of mm-hmm. the, what happened in the pandemic. So you like Kieran Freeman, you imagine, oh yeah, he's going to leave. Obviously, he might get a second chance now because we might think, well. It's not going to cost as much to keep him on. And is there anyone better for the money we're willing to pay for a backup right right wing back? Completely agree. Uh, and and you know also that uh, the familiarity factor. You know Freeman yeah. knows the system. The players know him. He knows where he's supposed to be. What he's supposed to do for sure. Sim- similar with Jagielka, really. Um, mm. Yeah, the players who are out of contract. Uh, Freeman, as we said, Jags, Rodwell, Regan Slater, Norrington Davis. I think is he is out of contract? One. I didn't realise that actually. Mm, maybe I've got that wrong actually. Let me just check that. Uh, Loughborough Blade very generously created a thread on this. Ah. Yes, two forum with first team contracts. Um, I think I might have been talking nonsense there. <laughs> um, no, no, it says contracted until. Yeah, both of these apparently contracted until the end of June 2020. So uh, both of them being Regan Slater and Norrington Davis. So. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the Norrington Davis one is unconfirmed actually, but I'm, there's no there's no evidence to suggest that it is not true. If you like, um, what we talk about? Oh yeah, so these players obviously yeah something to prove. I mean yeah, younger players you'd think probably just get an extension. I would guess. That's yeah, my thinking. I, yeah, I think that makes more. I mean, I don't, our oldest Tyler Smith now and twenty one. I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Still young enough then to yeah to get some money out of at least. Yeah, uh, other players out of contract. Obviously, Mark Duffy, Ricky Holmes will uh, finally depart. In fact, has he? I think he's already retired. Did he retired. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. yeah. Ravel Morrison was only on a one-year contract, of course. Uh, ben Hennigan. Do you know Ben Hennigan is still a Sheffield? Outcome? I did not. No. Well, I should. Yeah, I did some loan views actually not so long back, and he were. Yeah, I remember he's still being around, but yeah, completely forgot about him. <laughs> Jack and Robinson, of course, another one. Oh, no, Jack Robinson's on a proper contract, isn't he? Sorry, he's yeah. on a three-year deal, Robinson. Yeah. yeah, Jack Robinson, that is. Uh, Leon Clark, of course, being the other player out of contract. Now, I did, I did spit coffee reading a uh, athletic article that said we were discussing extensions for Clark and Jagielka, <laughs> and then reala- realized what it meant was their contracts expire at the end of June, and we are negotiating an extension till the end of the new end of the season if you like but I saw a bit of talk on the S2 if you want to jump a little bit is is will Leon Clark score another goal for us in the Premier League it's going to be, I think he's going to be on the bench isn't he? he's going to be on the bench I mean he might get a game but we've got we have got quite a lot of strikers now obviously Zikovic coming in as well 
Yeah, it only takes a couple of injuries, though. It does, yeah, and Leon's FA Cup final. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God, yeah. I think I think he'll definitely be on the bench at some point, because if you just yeah. imagine, like, if somebody gets just a really minor injury, like even just a knock or something yeah, like that, we're... risk him, yeah. Not with so many games in a short period of time. And, you know, you know what we're like with injuries. We manage them super carefully. So, yeah. And the, you yeah. know what? Everyone's saying, why aren't only on clock? He's stuck around and now he might get his chance. <laughs> yeah, he's going to get his chance. I think I think he gets on the pitch. I really do. I'll be surprised if he doesn't play any minutes. Mm. Whether he scores a goal is a different matter, I suppose. Um, I guess other players with, with future on the line. I mean, Callum Robinson mm. has been... Uh, you know, uh, I'm not sure if we'll get rid of him, but we might do. He's certainly far enough down the pecking order that we loaned him out to West Brom, and obviously yeah. the championship season is resuming. And he he was doing very very well for West Brom, and they are in um, well a good position for promotion. I think are they second? second yeah, they are. Yeah, yeah. So they're at the very least going to have a, a tilt at the playoffs. But um, if I, I haven't looked at, do you know what? I have not I looked at the championship. They've got ten ages. points in front, aren't they, or something? Uh, there's six points six in front points. of the floor. Oh, yeah. So they're, eight, sorry, yeah. Yeah, so they're, um, yeah, they're the probably next, all going to get automatic promotion. So, yeah, that's another one to keep an eye on when you're not watching the feast of Premier League games. Uh, tune in for uh, West Brom's games to see how Robinson's getting on because it may well be West Brom come up and they decide to uh, take him off our hands or uh, we decide he's our player. We've invested in him already. Yeah. He's still young. He's had a great half a season at West Brom. Mm. Back into the fold you come. So, yeah, interesting to see what happens with that one. I guess the other one is um, Dean Henderson. Is this little run of games the last we see of Dean Henderson as a blade? Say it ain't so. I what think, do you reckon? I think it will be, unfortunately. I think... I, I, I don't... The only way we're going to have a chance if Man U are desperate to keep him, he's not going to get in against the here unless they sell him. I just think there's so many people after him now. You obviously see him linked with Spurs, Bayern Munich, and all these. So it's going to be really difficult to get him on a third year. Mm. And I wonder if Wilder will want to pl- maybe plan a little bit more long term now. We've sort of not established himself, but you know, got another season in the Premier League. Whether he'll want to move forward with a permanent keeper. Mm. I don't know about this. I I could see him coming back for another season. I, I hope think... he does. I really, really hope you're right. Someone would have to gamble on him financially, mm. I think. A lot of money to... as well. Yeah. I don't for... think there's any chance of us signing him, by the way. I've seen a few people talk about that. I don't think that's going to happen. Uh, no, I, I can't I can't see us spending the amount that it would require. No. I mean, he's not going to he's not going to play for Man U next season unless unless De Gea gets a serious injury, I think. Yeah. And even then, um, I think it's Romero, isn't it, the second-choice yeah, yeah, keeper? Yeah, yeah, You'd still think he's probably going to be... He would step in there as the first-choice replacement, if you like. Yeah. And, and then Henderson's still on the bench. So, yeah, I don't know. I I, I could see him coming back on loan. But, yeah, hope, I, I hope he does because um, that's that, that's a real problem, I think. You know, with all respect to Simon Moore, I've no idea what Michael Verrips is like as a goalkeeper. Yeah. Um, that's going to be a hell of a challenge to, to replace Dino if, uh, if he's not here next the, season. We're the, that Turkish goalkeeper, aren't we? Um, I'm not going to try and pronounce. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, but, yeah, we're obviously late with him. But, yeah, we've got to have your options open, aren't you? Because no one really knows. He's obviously not even our player. So you can't really blame Man United for seeing what's the best option for them. If, if they get a £30 million bid coming in for Tottenham and they think, well, hang on, this guy's realistically our third-choice keeper, mm. they might let him go. I don't know. Yeah, I just... I just feel like he has so much value to Manu as an asset. Yeah. Like, given his age, I mean, they can afford to wait on him for, like, 
they can almost afford to give him another, like, see out this contract and extend him again. Yeah. Just because of his age. And then, you know, by that point, De Gea will be like mid 30s or something. And then he, he steps in, you know, keep getting him this experience. So I don't know. It's it's a weird one, that. Man, you, man, you really stockpile goalkeepers, by the way. They're like, <laughs> I don't know if you noticed this, they're like constantly picking up, like, young English goalkeepers. They have like Tom Eaton as well at one point. And obviously, Ben Foster, yeah. yeah. I think they nicked someone from Shrewsbury, either Shrewsbury or Rochdale or someone like oh, that. Oh, they did Rochdale, uh... the Rochdale keeper, weren't it, I think? Yeah, and obviously he's like not going to play for them forever, probably, but <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. They, love, uh, they love stockpiling. So, yeah, interesting one. But, yeah, there's, this, again, you know, as much as I'm going to enjoy watching United, there is, there's these little things bubbling under of um, what happens with a lot of these players for mm. next season. I mean, there's five or six you just strike off, they're not going to be with us next season. But, yeah, as you say, players like Kieran Freeman, they might get another chance out of this out of this pandemic, essentially, because yeah. they're a known quantity, they're not going to cost as much money. So. I could be way off. I really, really don't know. But I just think if finances are a little bit tighter and you're thinking, right, I need another right wing back. George Bollard's obviously going to be the, the, the first choice. It'd be ridiculous to drop him. Are you going to get anyone better than Freeman with the money that you're willing to spend? It could be, obviously, possible. If anyone can, Wilder can, but... Mm. Yeah, interesting to see. Uh, another player with... Uh, not his future on the line, but one whose uh, particular performances I'm going to be uh, paying particular attention to, I suppose, is, of course, mentioned him a few times, Sander Berger. Mm. Um, I think it's fair to say... Uh, I, well, I would, you know, I think it's fair to say he looked about what I expected from him uh, in the the games leading up to uh, the break, which is a little bit lost, I suppose. Yeah. I, I don't think that's I don't think that's harsh. I mean, we play in a particular way. He, we're, we're using him in a role in a role that he is not familiar with, which is that right side of midfielder. You know, box to box, really. Yeah, whereas he, from from all accounts, is more of a a, a sitting player like Norwood, mm. I suppose. So. Yeah, I think this is a really interesting subplot. We've talked about it before that it may well be that we see Berger and uh, and Norwood playing a similar role, you know, change the system a bit. So mm. we have those two deep playmakers, if you like. It may be that he plays, he, he adapts completely to the way Lundstrom was playing and, you know, makes a right side of midfield role completely his own. But yeah, it's... It's going to be interesting to see. I think. What, uh, what What's your thoughts on uh, the future, the rest of this season for um, for Berger? I still think it'll be a, a settling in process. I think even though he's been here a lot, uh, you know, longer with the obviously the pandemic going on, and he may have got used to. I don't, well, in fact, I don't think he's had the chance to really get used to anything because nothing's been yeah. open. He can't. He's basically been a hermit like the rest of us, aren't he? So I still think <laughs> we're, we're going to be in the early stages of bedding him in. I hope people don't say, oh, he's been here three months now, because that's not really yeah. the case. He has been technically been here three months, but he's not been playing football with us for three months, and he's not really got used to living in Britain for, for three months, or Sheffield or whatever, for three months. So, yeah, I still think it'll be a settling in process. I expect him to be fairly in and out again, to be honest, until, and then probably hopefully pre-season as well. I'm expecting for him to really kick on next season rather than the end of this one. Mm, I think he what was it was it Reading he played 90 minutes or yeah. 100 minutes something yeah, like did, that yeah. so that was obviously the, that was the longest he played for us um, up to this point mm. so fitness wise and he, you know he's very vocal about saying I think it was the Palace game he did more running in an hour than he'd done yeah. in 90 minutes like for uh, in the Champions League and he did his, look um, against Reading I that game and he was like yeah <laughs> and like, yeah so fitness wise, um, that's going to be interesting to see. And, and yeah, the, you know, we're just we're just banging out these games, aren't we? Mm. You know, game every three days, he's going to get minutes. You know, he, he was left out of the uh, starting lineup for um, 
uh, which game was it? It was the Norwich game, wasn't it? Yeah, that's uh, right. Yeah. Did, did he start against Brighton? I think he did, didn't he? Yeah, he did. He started against, He started the first three games that he came in. Three, yeah, Bournemouth, Brighton, and uh, Palace were the three started. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, he's he's a player with a lot to gain. I think from from the the resumption of this season. I mean, yeah, I think yeah, definitely definitely having getting more games in his legs, if you like, is way more beneficial than if we'd just written off the season, I think. Yeah, and, completely. Yeah, it's just, just coming back with a, a, a longer a longer but I'm pre-season. Just, I'm just not expecting him to sort of be... Just because he's been here for two or three months or whatever it's been, it doesn't mean that he's necessarily going to improve as quick as you expect someone who's been here two or three months because it's not been a normal... You know, normal normal three months, has it? So, yeah. Um, but hopefully, by the end of the season, we will see yeah. that. I guess just from you know these nine, well, uh, up to what up to twelve games, 12 I guess, games with the of, FA Cup. Yeah. yeah. So another one to keep an eye on. Right. Let's take a, one more quick break, and then we'll uh, just come back with a few more quick things just to finish off. A quick break to bring you a message from the Demblades fanzine, the original sponsor of Blades Pod, and for which we remain very grateful indeed. As you know, the fanzine has been delayed due to coronavirus, but good news, it is with the printers and it will be with you in the not-too-distant future. Let me give you a quick rundown of what you get in issue 5 of the fanzine. A huge interview with former Blades Michael Doyle and Neil Collins. Reflections on the decade just gone, plus news, reviews and opinions on the season to date, written by some very talented Blades fans. Remember, you can still pick up your Demblade season ticket and receive the next four issues for the fantastic value of £20 or £18.89 if you're quick enough to grab the early bird discount. Check it out now at demblades.co.uk. Now back to the podcast. Okay, we are back. Uh, One other thing to look out for is fitness and injuries, particularly with United. Will we actually look as uh, raring to go as we've been building up all along, and you know this public, this kind of public stance of like we're ready to play tomorrow, like bring it on, kind of thing. Um, so yeah, I guess there's two strands. There's, there's will we actually look like that, and, and also will it be, uh, will it be an appreciable advantage over other teams, or will it not actually make that much difference? Mm. What I guess we have to wait and see. But what, what's your thinking? I'd rather be saying the things we're saying. It might not mean anything, but I'd be a lot more nervous if we were saying, oh, we're not ready, you know, like a lot of other clubs are. Mm. I, I do prefer the, come on, bring it on, we're ready for this. It might backfire, we're well, not backfire, but it might not mean anything. You know, everyone might just be as fit as everyone else, I'm not sure, but I feel much more confident that we're so apparently raring to go. Yeah, and, you know, we said like a few of the players are in better shape now than they were at the start of the season. I mean, I presume... Uh... Uh, blank. But Bernie's probably one because you know I think uh, by his own admission he's before this uh, before the pause in the season he was one that mm. said you know I was I'm far more fit now than I was before yeah. I joined here. Ben Osborne mentioned it as well. Mm. Exactly the same thing. So that's right. Um, I do also wonder about the the fact that every team is going to be playing an insane number of games in a short span. Mm. Um, but we are. We, we, in theory, we might be better acclimated to it because we've been on forty-six game seasons forever. Um, you know, a game every three or four days is very normal for this team. You know, almost yeah. almost every one of our players has been playing. Uh, you know, Saturday, Tuesday for several years with us. So, I did think this myself. I, I did think the exact same thing. Actually, obviously, the intensity is going to be higher because it's a higher level. 
And like John Egan said, you know, a couple of, I saw an interview with him a couple of weeks, Barry was saying after every single premiership game, he's absolutely knackered. Mm. You know, he can't go. So it's a different level. So the, the fitness thing's obviously going to be a lot harder. But yeah, I think there's going to be players at, at the top level. I've never had to play at this sort of, you know, extent of games in such a short period before. Mm. Yeah, and uh, yeah, keep an eye on the injuries. I mentioned, uh, you know, there's been a few in a few in the Bundesliga, not serious injuries, but just the sort of um, keep you out for a couple of weeks, which obviously in this this model is going to be three or four games. Yeah, like, exactly, um, yeah. So you're looking at like, like McGoldrick were out for a month or something. That's him out for the season. Essentially, yes. Yeah, I know, exactly. So keep an eye on that one as well. Um, I think that takes us to any other business, actually, which is just uh, the sort of throwaway comments, I suppose, of, uh, of yeah. what to watch out for. What, what have you got? What's what's What else is in here? But. I mean, well, I, what, is Didzy going to score? Is he going to get a Premier League goal? Because I just think we all we keep saying like, how mad will we go when when he scores McGoldrick? It's going to be insane. I hope it's at home. It's going to be almost like typical McGoldrick if he scores when there's no fans there. I did think this. I'm still going. I'm still going to go mad. I'll still pull one out for him. Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. I'll be yeah jumping around all over the place for him, but. I don't know, is he going to score this season? That's that's something I'm looking out for, big time. I hope he does. He deserves a goal today, come on. Yeah, I mean, look, he broke he broke the hoodoo against Reading and that was only the game before... This is it. The game before... Maybe that's why the pandemic started. <laughs> <laughs> it, just, it just broke things. <laughs> it's a curse of McGoldrick scoring. <laughs> <laughs> if he scores again, it'll all go away. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe. Um, yeah, that's why... That, that and Leon, will Leon Clark score a Premier League goal? Be hilarious. Um, will Norwood cut his hair? Or is he riding the yeah, shirt? No, sorry, on a personal level, will my Columbia shirt still work? Oh, jeez, yeah. Yeah, I've not worn it since. Obviously, it's there. I'm looking at in the wardrobe every time I, you know, I get my clothes out in the morning, thinking one day we'll be back. Have you, have you, got, uh, it, so have you got it ready for filler? It's very ready, very, very much ready, and I just hope it's not being tarnished by this break. So yeah, you, yeah, you were wearing it for away games as well, weren't you? Well, this is the thing because we're playing. I'm gonna have to wear it almost every day because (laughs) we're playing like obviously that many games. I'm just gonna be sat in it like forever, so might have to get a backup. But (laughs) you're just gonna have to wash it like basically every night. I think like as soon as the game finishes, just get it straight in the machine. Yeah, exactly. This is. I'm gonna have to as soon as the game is off, straight in the washing machine, get it ironed. Day after, back on again. Let's (laughs) let's go. Love it. (laughs) Uh, A slightly less boring, more serious one. I'm curious to see if we score more goals for the rest of the season. Uh, I think mm. if you could have one criticism about uh, United, it's that we haven't scored many at all. We scored thirty goals in twenty-eight games. We are the uh, what's that? The sixth lowest scorer uh, in the league, and yeah. every other team is in the bottom half. Obviously, our defense is incredible, and that's um, that's kind of carried us through these games. I mean, we do score in almost every game, don't we? There's you know, strike off the Liverpool and City games, we have scored against almost every team. And we create chances as well. It's not, I mean, there's only, off the top of my head, what, Everton away is the only one that I think we've not, we've like sort of taken more chances than we've created in that game, if you know what I mean. I think we do create a lot of chances still. Yeah, yeah, we're XG, what are we? One, two, three, four, we're the seventh lowest team on XG. So mm. there's room for improvement there. Watford... Again, though, the XG in this sort of th- we know ourselves obviously that we're not a team that takes pot shots. Mm, and true. We only shoot when we're in a position to shoot, and sometimes people argue that we overplay it. I, I'm not worried about that. I think we've got enough in us. To, I, I never feel like we we haven't got enough to break a team down. Yeah, and I should say that we are one of the uh, biggest underperformers on uh, expected goals as well, um, mm-hmm. which is basically McGoldrick. 
you know, we're, it is, we're yeah, six yeah. and a half. I've watched the Watford game back because I've been trying to get my mind back into the thing. And I'm, he hit the post in that game. We were offside, but then there were another one where it sort of hit him. And like, and you just, I, forgot, I completely forgot how many sort of mini chances he's had throughout the season to score. Oh, poor guy. Sure. And I, I watched the Brighton one when he took the keeper on and put it wide. Yeah, I don't want to talk about that. <laughs> that, was, that was definitely the worst. He did get his goal against Tottenham. Let's not forget that. He did. Yeah, he's had a he's had a cursed season. Bless him. So hopefully, he can rally round at the end end of. I mean, it's I, I interesting to see who starts for us against Villa. You, I think it'll be the same team. Uh, Norwich. Maybe Berger will come in for Lundstrom. Maybe that that's the only one I can. I think maybe, but he's not been training, has he? By the looks of it, Berger. Something like that. We've been playing warm-up games, haven't we? I think we've got one today. And, uh, yeah, and I know he's not... I mean, it's obviously just a knock or something. I don't think it's anything. But, you know, with, as you said, if there's any sort of an injury, it's not worth risking, is it? Not with so many games in a short span. Uh, no. So, yeah, keep an eye out for that one. Any other thoughts on uh, things to keep an eye out for? No, I think that's about it. I mean, obviously, I'm I'm, I'm glad we're away first. Hmm. Uh, not, not just because of the... I think there'd be a little bit more pressure if we were at home. To Villa because you're expected to win that. You know that that you look at that you think oh that's three points away at Villa and a new, and it, I think the pressure's more on them in many ways if you know what I mean mm. uh, because they, it's a bigger game for them than it was for us in the sense that they could go, get relegated. Worst case for us is we don't get into Europe. You know you'd rather be in our position than theirs. Definitely. And with it being at their ground as well where their home form's been so good for them compared to their away form, I think it's a good first game for us actually. I'm not saying we're going to win. But if you had to pick, you know, a, a fixture, I'd, not many more I'd pick out, actually. Yeah, we actually start with three straight away games, don't we? I didn't realise yeah, that. Yeah, we do, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, and then Arsenal at home in the Cup to follow it. But let's let's move then, just to finish up with uh, with a preview of Villa away. So, exactly 100 days since the last Premier League game. I thought they... Um, I, I feel like Sky should be making a bigger deal of that, actually. You know, 100 <laughs> days later. And, and 102 days since we played is what it will be. At that point, wow. which is uh, yeah, fourteen weeks, four days, almost two and a half thousand hours, and uh, so is that longer than pre-season? Yeah, yeah, yeah much longer. Um, yeah, of course it is. Yeah, what I'm talking about. Yeah, of course it is. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I, was, uh, I don't know if you listened to that Richard Stearman podcast yet. Um, I did. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he was saying it's the longest he's gone without football since he was like a you know a school kid, basically. So. Weird, mm. weird times for sure. Um, yeah, but but it's coming back in one week's time and a few hours. We're watching the Blades. Um, we've touched on their pre-lockdown form for what it's worth already, and how how messed up they were. I think they were really. Yeah, yeah I think I think completely agree with what you said. I think if the season had just carried on, they would have gone down. I think particularly without McGinn and Grealish, but those two coming back changes things a bit. Um, what what's the the mood from Villa from what you've seen so far? Is it confident? The, or? Slightly, I think it's that sort of pre-season excitement that you get. You know, when you, I mean, I'll give you a couple of comments here that I picked out. One of them's put dreading this could go either way because no one knows about fitness, confidence, mentality, etc. That seems to be the overwhelming view in the sense that nobody knows. I think they're saying what we're saying. There's a couple of others here. Uh, I think the situation stands to benefit us in this match. For me, it's apparent that Sheffield United have been playing above themselves for some time now, and they may find that motivation and passion a little less inspired without a crowd. Equally, I think we have players who will excel without the pressure of a crowd, which is something I've obviously said earlier on this podcast about players who can't handle the pressure of playing in front of a crowd. Mm. They seem to think they've got a lot of players like that, which could be the case. 
And there's another one said, while Sheffield have got Europe uh, to play for to a certain extent, I don't know why it's to a certain extent, but, uh, I would like to think our players and team will be pretty much more motivated than they are. Mm, yeah. Which is not true. I don't know so which is wrong. <laughs> no. But, uh, yeah, so I do get the pressure of the crowd thing, but it could work the other way as well. Without that home advantage behind you, you, you might lose that intensity. Yeah, I feel more confident that we can win than uh, if it was full full Villa Park, I think, with them. Yeah, yeah, completely. Yeah, this yeah. is a game... I think, I, think we're, I think we're a better team than them, to be honest. Well, yeah, without, uh, yeah, without a shadow of a doubt. Um, yeah. I think, you know, this... Uh, let me just bring up Villa's fixtures again, actually. But, um, you know, this is a game they definitely would have targeted pre-lockdown mm. as, like, this is a game we have to win if we are going to stay up. Um, but this is how they promoted it on their forum as well. They are saying, like, this is the biggest game of the season by a mile mm-hmm. because if they lose this one, after this, they've got Chelsea at home, all right, Newcastle, but then they've got Wolves, Liverpool, Man United. <laughs> you know, yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. It's a really... I mean, obviously, we're seventh, but I do understand that view of, yeah, but they're not Chelsea, Man United. This is one we really need to win. Yeah, and I think that's a huge advantage for us that they don't have 40,000 fans there acting yeah. like that. Um, yeah, I think it's... It's a massively important game for. I mean, it is the sort of classic. Well, if you can't motivate yourself for this one, then what can you motivate yourself for? But yeah, exactly. but at the same time, it is going to be weird for these players. They will. I mean, weird for all you know us as well. Obviously, they will never have experienced it before. But there's so much on the. You know, there's so much more pressure on them to get a win in this game than for yeah, us. And, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's you know, it's one of those things you can just go either way on, can't you? In terms of like, you could just flip-flop an argument on it but I do I do feel it's like the first game of the season you get dodgy mm. results nobody really knows what's going to happen you know I don't think you can judge anything from that first probably from the first couple of games to be honest yeah how uh, how excited are you to watch this game really excited because I've got very little normally like as I said earlier before a season or before a game there's those nerves sort of oh yeah but what if they win this and oh we could, this could be out of depth but particularly before a, a new season which is sort of what this is like but it's unexpected un, the unknown should I say but I'm really excited because I don't really you know I, I, the worst case scenario is not that bad yeah this is it I can't so I'm just 100% excitement really yeah I, I can't see myself going through this sort of like uh, what's the word just like agonising over a you know a defeat and yeah, looking at looking at the league table, thinking like, oh, you know, they're only like seven points behind us now. And... That's it. And, and I was before this game, for for instance, the Norwich match, uh, the, the the last match. You don't have really. Have, it's mad because you don't really have time to take stock, do you? Yeah. You're just like, well, we need to win this one. Look, Tottenham are playing them, and they've got three points above us, and it's all. But now I've sort of taken a step back. I've realised that we've had an amazing season, and this ending, I'm I'm going to try my best to treat it as sort of an extension to an amazing season. Yeah, same. I just um yeah, I think it's just it's just there to be enjoyed. And it's, I think also just from a you know a, a wider world perspective, I need this distraction back, I think. You know, I I, oh. I want football on every evening, which is basically what it is, and I want United to be playing and to have the you know, there's stuff to talk about. You know, I want to talk about yeah. it on here with you. I want to be reading the forums, reading Twitter, watching the, you know, great videos that the um social media team at United put out I, I just uh, I'm ready to have that distraction back in my life for sure so I yeah, yeah I don't know maybe I'm maybe after, if we lose our first two games I'll be really grumpy but yeah, <laughs> I yeah, kind yeah. of imagine that I'll just Null be and void. <laughs> <laughs> yeah let's I'm, I'm team Karen Brady after all I, I suppose actually that is another thing with Villa isn't it, that we touched on before is if you know if something terrible was to happen um after that game say 
Uh, and yeah, the Argonne, we all know now that they are going to end the league. Not, there's not going to be this void yeah, nonsense. Yeah, so the, and the, the precedent is now there in the Football League anyway for unweighted points per game. So Villa, mm. Villa win that game against us. They would go up to... Where are they? My league table's gone a bit skew with. They would go up to 28 points, take them out of the relegation zone, yeah. end the season their own points per game. They would be safe and Bournemouth and Watford would go down instead. So... Um, have I got that right? Bournemouth and Watford. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's uh, yeah. So big, very, very big game for them. But um, yeah, ultimately, just just can't wait to see the Blades back in action. It's gonna be amazing, isn't it? I'm, I'm really, really looking forward to. It. It's gonna be weird. Like I said, I think it'll take me 20 minutes, half an hour to to really sort of treat it as a real match mm. because obviously I've not been watching the the Bundesliga like you have and stuff and it's going to be weird watching it but I think once I get into it it's just going to be back to you know back to normal I understand the complaint I mean I've, a lot of people on forums and Twitter totally understand that view of without the fans it's not football and I, and I agree it is going to lack something there's no there's no getting away from yeah, that sure. but it's better than what we've had which is nothing and I'm still going to be just as excited when a goal goes and I'm, I'm 100% sure yeah how do you feel about us being the first game? Would you rather are you all right with that? Would you rather have? Win? I love it. I love that. I love that the the curtain raiser is Sheffield United. I just think that's a fantastic sort of. I just think it's brilliant for for the club as a as a whole. You know, you're gonna you are gonna have the world watching. Yeah, it's the biggest league in the world, and the first game. All right, they're not the two biggest clubs, Sheffield United and Villa, but I. Who's not? Who with Sky Sports? Who's a football fan? Not he's not going to watch this game. Yeah, and internationally as well. I think you know. For all the talk of being no fans, the players on the pitch must know that this is probably the most watched game they're ever going to be involved in. Likely, anyway. I think yeah, it's you know unless we're playing like Man United or something. Yeah, I think I think you're right. I think even that. I think I mean it's sorry. Maybe maybe just in Britain alone. I think it'll probably have the biggest audience of. Of any game we'll have, probably in uh, unless we win the Premier League or something like that. Yeah, I'll get to the FA Cup final or something. But um, yeah, yeah, I think yeah, part of me, part of me, kind of, I think I might have preferred us to be like the fifth game or something like that. Like it's a little bit like uh, you know during an international tournament where I don't know why I feel like the last few England haven't played until quite far into it, and you sort of mm. you kind of get that like the novelty yeah. of football out of the system. Like it'd be good. It's less about... Yeah, I understand then... that, actually. Yeah. So, yeah, I feel... That you get a taste of what's going to happen and get into it and stuff. Exactly yeah. that. And then you're starting, like, to, you know, get the itch of, like, right, when's when's my team playing? So, but no, I, yeah. I see I see both sides of it. And ultimately, yeah, just just uh, get football back as quickly as possible. So, yeah, there we go, mate. Any uh, Anything you want to plug before we finish up? No, I'll do a view from next week. I'll give a shout out to Joe actually who uh, listened to my moaning about my seven-year-old Nigel Clough laptop, um, and and very 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 kindly gave me a uh, a custom-made one. So massive thanks to him. Uh, I'm not using it today because I've got too much rubbish on my old one that I need to move across to the new one. But yeah, huge 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 thanks for that. Really appreciate it. What a guy. That's uh, brilliant. Done you. Done you a solid there. Good stuff. The blade, the blade community comes through again. <laughs> Absolutely. But yeah, uh, but yeah, I'll be doing a view from next week. Obviously, probably um, Tuesday, Monday, Tuesday, something like that for the villa, and then I'm going to be the busiest man in the world. Actually, <laughs> you actually are. Yeah, because we, we're going to be um, we're going to do a podcast after every game. Um, yeah. So yeah, we're going to pre-match. Basically, my life is going to be pre-match view, post-match view. 
Blades pod, pre-match view, post-match view. <laughs> yeah, it's just never going to end, which I'm genuinely excited about, to be honest. Yes, exactly the same, mate. Let's leave it there. That's uh, that's good. I feel like I've got a good a good grasp on the state of the Premier League now, and I'm ready to uh, watch these last what uh, eight or nine games yeah. unfold before me, which hopefully will finish with the the Blades winning the FA Cup and finishing fourth in the Premier League and getting the Champions League as well. So let's uh, let's let's watch yeah. with uh, with interest. Yep. Nice one, mate. Where can people check out the view from when it when it lands? Roysviewfrom.com or at Panchero on Twitter. Top man, and of course, follow me at Blades Pod as well. And go, oh yeah, go and vote for us in the uh, yeah. FCAs, the Football Content Awards. All all you lovely people who've been voting and uh, and tweeting and telling me that you voted for it, uh, very very generous of you. So yeah, I think it's FootballContentAwards.com. Go vote for Blades Pod in. Uh, Best Premier League podcast because mm. you know it's true apparently. Yeah, nice one. <laughs> All right, mate. I will. That's where we could start off with that FA Cup Champions League winning best podcast. That's the. Oh, the, the, <laughs> That's the dream. The treble. The yep. Spot on. <laughs> Next time we talk, we will be reliving a game that United have played. Wow. Uh, and, and one that they played in the last twenty four hours rather than in uh, the last ten years. Something <laughs> yeah, to look true. forward to. Nice one, mate. Thanks as always for your time. And uh, thank you very much, mate. I Cheers. will catch you later. Thanks a lot. Thanks a lot. Bye.